Hi everybody and welcome to episode 447 of Conversation Street. This is for the week of the 30th of November to the 4th of December. That is episodes 10,175 to 10,180. And we are in one festive. week. Oh yeah, festive, festive jingle bells. Hope you were like that everybody. Hope I've remembered to put it in. Oh, the one week before the anniversary. Very exciting what stuff and it is ramping up very, very nicely. I enjoyed Coronation Street this week. It was not a perfect week. I have my I have my issues with some parts of it. So on the whole, I am feeling um, quite quite excited about the 60th. And I've not even seen the 60th anniversary trailer. You haven't seen the trailer on the sneak, no, have you? No, what trailer? Oh, good, good, good. They put out a trailer list about this time last week. Is it? Everybody, everybody is listening to this. Like the vast majority of the people are watching this. Is it no, clips or is it like... A... It's, a, it's a clip oh. one. It's a here's, here's some clips uh, of what's happening next week. And yeah, most uh, people listening to this are probably going, I know more than you know about what's happening next uh, week. We, we think, don't care. We, we want probably, to be ignorant. We think probably we've got purpose. a clue about what might happen ne- next week because they are somewhat leading up to it. But there's an awful lot I don't know. Do I get do I get my money? Because I, I bet on the Facebook group, 50 quid, nobody took me up on the offer, that then there no. would definitely be a protest song involved. And there was. But it was this week. Oh, it's all right. It's, yeah, you get maybe half of nothing. That's all right. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, right. <laughs> well, we would get onto that in, in a little bit. But we have the usual um, quizzy stuff and birthday well, whatnots. I was just thinking, is there any, anything else? Anything else this week that you want to start off the podcast with? It's Christmas. I've got my mulled wine. It is December time. Oh yeah, I got I've got a new Christmas cover for the podcast, haven't we? Yes. It's a nice. I, I, yet Let's again, all be festive. Following on from last year's gingerbread one, I learned more Photoshop skills this year and how to make fluff on on Photoshop. Um, wow. So, so so that I whack it on the CV. I've got a nice. Christmas tree with a little fluffy felt looking duck with with um with with like thread patterns I think it's well very amazing pretty. I'm very great happy with that. fantastic yes done sorry you do you not like it I love it but I've got a quiz to talk we've got to lots about. to talk about this week thirtieth of on. November to the fourth of December years ending in a five and a zero from coronationstreet.fandom.com the information not the quiz I make these myself you might not know that. 30th of November, 1970. What does Joe Donnelly confess to Irma? He killed Steve Tanner. Do you know how he killed him? Pushed him down the stairs. Yeah, he hit him on the head and then he pushed him down the stairs, but that wasn't the question. It's just an extra. Okay. 30th of November, 2000. Vera gets a positive test result, but for what? Um... <laughs> uh, oh, <Black> no, <laughs> she can, she can donate her kidney. To... Her grandson. Whose name was? Paul Clayton. Correct, yes. Well, it was a bit confusing, though, because this happens on the 30th of November, and then a few days later, she does another test. So I don't know why. No, I don't. 30th of November, 2015. Which family member from a prominent family returns from an extended leave of absence? So who's been in it for five years this week? Oh, I don't know. Who came back? He came back at the end of November... In a year ending in a five and a zero. <laughs> um, I... Come on. Mm, no, I don't know. You're going to kick yourself. Go on. Sarah Platt. Uh, okay. Well, I'll kick you then. I'm going to do it yourself. I'm not. 
1st of December 1965, Len Fairclough discovers the elopement plans of which couple? 1965? Yeah. Um, Elopement? Yes. Couple? Yes. Plans? Correct. Len Fairclough? It was him. Yes. I don't know. Can I have a clue? How many people were secretly planning to get married in 1965? I don't know. Go on, tell me. No, don't know. Ken in a sulky mood. No, I'm not in a sulky mood. Ken and Val. No, David and Irma. Remember, uh, they eloped, didn't they? They yeah. got married I was in actually, secret. I was actually thinking Ken and um, David and Irma, actually. I just didn't say it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> 1st of December, 1975. Emily prepares to cast residence for the upcoming Panto. What is the Panto? Cinderella. It's always Cinderella. <laughs> it was Aladdin once. <laughs> 2nd of December 1970. Who starts at the Rovers as a barmaid? 1970. 1970. I've got that song in my head. Take a look at my It girlfriend. wasn't. I oh know we just watched Beginning of Wednesday episode again. 1970. I'm thinking Betty, but I thought she was 1969. Um, Bat. Yes. Yeah. So obvious when you've got the answers in front of you. 2nd of December 2015. Sarah discovers she's pregnant, but who is the father? Callum Logan. That didn't take very long, did it? She only appeared on the 30th. What? Is that right? I don't know. I didn't make the quiz. You made the quiz. <laughs> it doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right at <laughs> doesn't all. doesn't sound right at all. But it might be. Well, things move fast on the street. 2nd of December 1985. What does Father O'Brien warn Ivy about marrying George? He's a Catholic. No, I think that would be fine with him. Oh, no, that's good. He's divorced. <laughs> He's divorced. Yeah, she can't stay a Catholic if she marries him. Yes. <laughs> He's a Catholic, watch out for him. <laughs> 2nd of December 2005. First appearance of Ian Raddington playing which role? I don't know, what's the date? 2nd of December 2005. Ian Reddington. I can give you a clue. Yes, I've got he no clue. He was in a band. A band? Yeah. Well, the character or the actor? He's the character who was the in a band. The character was in a band. Um, was it Vernon? Yes, Vernon, Vernon Tomlin. Tomlin. Do you know what, what, what instrument did he play? Drums? Ukulele. Uh, no, it was the drums. <laughs> 3rd of December 1980. Emily discovers her husband is a bigamist. What is her ne- What is his name, <laughs> and who was he already married to? Uh, his name was Arnold Swain, and he was married to Mrs. Swain. No, what's her name? I don't know. Margaret. Uh, I don't know that one. Too hard. Fourth of December, nineteen ninety-five. Audrey spends so long getting ready, she and Alf miss the train to go to which occasion? What was the year? Ninety-five. Oh, um, his getting an OBE. Yes. Not an MVP. 4th of December 2015, Nick congratulates Michael on his nomination for which award? The ceremony for which will take place in the bistro. Oh, what was it called? Oh, come on. It was, was it just, was it the it was Samaritan, wasn't it? Weatherfield Golden Samaritan no, or something? No, what? The, the famous Bible story of the Golden Good. Samaritan. <laughs> the Weatherfield Good Samaritan. Yeah. What, what, I don't know. What discount janky version of the Bible have you been reading? It might have been copyright. 
<laughs> we better not call it the Good Samaritan Award. You know the God Squad's going to be on our case. We're already in trouble about Billy being the Archdeacon. <laughs> 13 out of 14. That's all right. That's all right. That's right. I think. Yeah, that sounds fine Whatever, to me. No, I'm that's probably not sure. right. I, you're not very good at this, this No, week. I don't care. It's because you made the quiz yesterday. Well, that's not the only quiz that I'm I've done this week, Gemma, because if you've been following various things on Twitter, you'll find out that along with um, somebody from Corypedia and um, uh, Cory Cast Cards and um, who's the other person? I'm the somebody one. from the Coronation Street blog. That's right. Um, we, all, we all did a Coronation Street themed quiz on distinct nostalgia podcast this week which we've spoken about a number of times before because of the interviews that they've been doing recently for the uh, 60th anniversary yes tag totally not jealous um it was um last thursday i went on and, and um i did a i don't even know whether i'm allowed to say what my specialist subject is oh, we were all given it. specialist subject we no, we all had to pick a specialist really subject i tried to help you pick one and yeah. we were like, I don't know. I'm allowed to talk about it in vague terms because the first episode of it, the Cory Cast Cards episode, is um, already out. Yes. So um, they had David Platt as their specialist subject, and I, I haven't listened to this yet, although I did skip ahead to the end to find out what their score was. Because, um, don't say anything about... I won't say anything okay. about what their score was, but what happens, you get 30 questions about your character of choice, or if it doesn't have or to be a character subject. or subject. And then after 30 questions, you get a chance to gain an extra five points by um, picking a random question, uh, not a random, but picking gambling. Yeah, gambling and picking a question asked by an ex Coronation Street star. Um, and Curry cool, Cast Cards got um, to choose between, uh, I've got an actress who played. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I just said, the actress who played Rini Bradshaw and, and Nick Cochrane who played Andy uh, McDonald. And yeah, I, I won't spoil what score no, um, he got. Um, but yeah, it, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look forward to listening to that yesterday to see whether I see how I do with his set of questions because David Platt is a bit of a speciality of us as well, isn't it? But, I don't. Um, that's not I, the character that I chose. If I was forced to pick, I couldn't. I couldn't. I don't know how. It was very. Well, yeah, it was difficult. Yet we came up with somebody well, pretty like, quickly oh, and thought, well, it's probably going to be that person, other isn't than it? This? No, not really. I I wouldn't say that I have a specialism on any no. particular character. I'm more of a a general knowledge kind of person. Yeah, and also, I don't remember any facts, so I didn't do it. No, no, you didn't do it. Um, But I did spend a fair amount of time, as much as I could, a couple of days before, reading down that particular character's Corypedia Well, I kept shouting questions at you, Yeah, and I was making a few notes in general. And we listened to our um, episode. We did an episode about this subject, as we've done about many things. Yeah. And we listened to it, and we were like... (laughs) Doesn't help. What were we thinking? This isn't helpful at all. <laughs> well, maybe from that little clue there, you'd be able to figure out who it is. But if you want to know or who might or what it is, <laughs> not giving anything away here, you would like to know that. Then you just have to tune yeah, when into is it the Distinct Nostalgia podcast, which will be released on Sunday evening around <gasps> eight o'clock, and We've you can so see how well I got on or not, as the case may be. And also, by the time you listen to it, I guess you'll know whether I'm in the final as well. You don't know yet. I do don't you? know yet whether I'm in the final because the top two scorers out of the four contestants get to go head to head, and I assume a general honestly. knowledge Coronation Street quiz. The reason this came out is um, Distinct Nostalgia has done various quizzes before, and um, there's like a Cory round, and then if you get through that, no, no, you get to pick a, a, a specialist subject on, you know, whatever old stuff, old telly stuff, um, um, and then what? 
you know, you can what pick you whatever. No, no, no. I'm saying that's what they usually do. Oh, okay. And then if you uh. get if you get good enough points, then you go through to a second round, which is general knowledge. And um, you're going to not get through uh, this. No, no. Listen, I, right, I said sorry. I, they asked me whether I'd be interested in doing it and and, and picking a Coronation Street themed topic and then going to a general knowledge round. And I was like. No, because my general knowledge is absolutely shocking and yeah, I wouldn't really want bad. to embarrass myself. No, I would not do that. However, it blah, 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 blah. So we kind of, between us, um, oh, came up with the idea of let's make it Corrie themed and make it a specific Corrie subject and then a general Corrie subject for the second round. I think that's what I agreed to do anyway. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm wondering. I think that's right. Anyway, I don't even, as I said, I don't know whether I'm in the second round yet. It all depends on... Um, on how well everybody else has done, of course. So do tune into that and and listen to my um, spectacular failure, all success, all somewhere in between on Sunday night. <laughs> and I will say no more. <laughs> Gemma, has anybody yeah. on the cast got a birthday coming up? Yes. Anybody got a nice adventy birthday this year? Yes, they do. Who? Let's do Street tell. Talk. <laughs> Who is it? Right, seventh of December. Director Claude Wartham or what ham? <laughs> what ham? True. Sue Johnson, who played Gloria Price. Clive Russell, who played Phil Nail, which is one of my favourite names. Like also played Scotch Tommy. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm sure we said it last year when it was his birthday. 8th of December, Arthur Leslie played Jack Walker. Do you know what year he was born in? Ooh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 18 and something. What, what kind of cool year is, is, would make me say... It's 1899. That's a cool okay. year to be. I was thinking that. Jill Summers played Phillis Pierce. Why do you always say that? <laughs> You're like, I, well, I yeah. know everything I you're was thinking say, I that, but I decided not to. Was it that you have a chance? <laughs> I know this is a question that you were asking me, but I didn't want to look mm-hmm. like a boffin. <laughs> boffin? I haven't heard that <laughs> word for a long time. I haven't either. Oh gosh, I'm getting flashbacks and getting bullied at school. <laughs> <laughs> you boffin <laughs> see this is why I took I wore contact lenses and not glasses this is why you also studiously ignored all general knowledge so that you could never be in a quiz yes this is why They're I never watched the news listen children I'm cool I don't know what the capital of <laughs> Venezuela is I, oh my gosh I was thinking Venezuela <laughs> honestly I was yeah but neither of us know what the capital is I've not got a clue right <laughs> 10th of December st- God damn it. Steve, We've been together too long. Steve Hewson. Yes, I don't know how to he say that. He plays Eddie no, Windass. Stephen Billington, he played Greg Kelly. 11th of December, Nigel Pivaro, who is Terry Duckworth. Victoria Ekinoy, who plays Angie Appleton. And Molly Gallagher, who plays oh, Nina. Quite good this week. Good, 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 good. Congratulations, birthday people. Have a merry, merry, festive, jolly period. Thank you for that, Gemma. And I'm will. sure nobody heard you flapping your paper around wildly I'm, during any of that. Look, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to look at it on my phone or am I supposed to look at it on a piece of paper? I Memorize being professional. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, what you don't realise, listeners, is that when we finish recording this street talk, we sit here and shuffle our papers like newsreaders. Yeah, just in case the camera I just do it on with the laptop, slam it up and down on my lap. That's probably why the other one was getting a bit dodgy. What I do is I fold my piece of paper up and pick my nose. Nice. Um, Can I just say as well, before we move on to the next bit, middle bonus podcast extra thing coming out this week is a discussion of the second half of the 1980s, which we recorded at... Half past ten last night we started recording it. On a school night, I know. Shocking. But we finally reached the end of the 80s on the DVD and I know lots of people have been enjoying our odyssey through the years. We have reached the halfway point at last. (laughs) 
Which is quite cool timing, really. Yeah, it's... So, uh, I, I guess it's going to be next year we'll work through the other 30 oh. years. There's so much to do. There's too, too much to do. Cyberpunk 2077 comes out next week, apparently. And I'm trying to play through The Witcher 3 before it comes out. I'm very busy. Can we get on with this? You boffin. <laughs> Let's do some street talk. <laughs> I'm a nerd, actually. Right, street talk then for this week. Ooh, exciting stuff. We have got the build-up to next week's anniversary episodes. And, uh, yeah, quite satisfying this week, I would say, on the whole. It was... How could you say that, Michael? It was so tragic. What was tragic? There was a funeral. Oh, that was fine. It was all right. It wasn't... This week's episodes were more like... Um, more... It, it wasn't as sad as last week's, was it? Honestly, I, I really did I enjoy know, last yeah. week's, but I, I couldn't thought, have done. I couldn't have had another week that was quite so gut wrenching. Yeah, I this, felt exhausted. I said at the end of last week's, so I, I wouldn't say the same after this week. This week was good, but the the emotional high of the story was last week. I think this yeah. was like you know, and it was, and this bow. week it was the as fighting story yeah. that, that took the front and center seat, took the stand as it were, as Ooh. Jeff and Yasmin say their bits in court. So we're going to talk Literally about that one first. Off. We also had raise raise to raise the place, which um, <laughs> made some interesting developments this week. Oh, Things yeah. are starting to what get moving on that Who one. Who saw it coming? Roxy is Roxy. I know. We didn't see it coming. That's the biggest twist. <laughs> I'm mad about that. I'm so cross. How long were we saying? Who's Roxy? Who could the mysterious identity of Roxy be? Just think all the people who were involved in Corey is like, what do you, why why are you fixated on this? And she didn't even get a line. She was, I, I, on Twitter, I, I coined the phrase because she's not, I don't think she's really Roxy. So she's fake Roxy. So I call her faux Roxy, which Sean's to Foxy, because she was quite Foxy, wasn't she? But she, she didn't say anything. She just swooshed past, yeah. Like, oh, look at me, I'm um, going to buy everything. We've now got, we've got the, the Ollie story up next. Um, I've got a new storyline title for it again. It's called A Regular Oligon. <laughs> Even though he wasn't really a regular. Maybe I could call him the Irregular Oregon. Oligon. <laughs> Maths. Maths. But also we had this week, and I didn't know Buffy. when it was happening, whether it was as the same story or a different story, all the stuff with Simon and Shona. And I kind of put it in its own little note bit. And then I thought, no, maybe it's the same thing. So I've, we'll, we'll, we'll just tag them on at the end. I've called them the Sideshow Sideshow, because that's what they were. We had a little bit yeah, of... Yeah, but Sideshow, like S-I and S-H-O, like Simon and, and Shona. Yeah. Sideshow. Yeah, the Sideshow side Sideshow. Yeah, show. I know, but you've not, you've not written it correctly. But people can't hear how I wrote it. We had a tiny bit of the Robert Johnny, not enough, I say, because I was, I was looking forward to getting a bit more info on Daisy and getting to know her more this week, and we only saw her in, like, what, one, two scenes this week? Um, and then at the very end of tonight's episode, we had the setup for what's going to be, I suppose, a bigger story next week, the Carla and Peter and Adam kind of thing. Carpet. Yes. Um, so I'm going to start off, if I may, Gemma, with the jazz fighting story Oh, you're story stealing this, this story, story, are you? So I have to talk one. about dead children. Oh, no, no you I'm can talking talk about, about dead, dead children. children. Okay, cool, you can fine. talk about um, big tower blocks being raised yeah. up. So... Um, Imran starts off the week going to visit Yasmin in prison. She's obviously a big bang of nerves because of the trial starting imminently. and It's going to be a bit of a trial period. <laughs> <laughs> and sorry to all the... Um, so, what, what do they call it? The Sophie and Paula shippers. 
Sola? Sola. Sorry to all the Sola fans out there, but Paula has been signed off work for three months. And they I don't, don't say why. No, was it just... I mean, She's and, just and bored of it. Last was It was only last week, wasn't it, that Leanne was trying to phone Paula to get her to... Um, to fight her case in in hospital yeah. against the hospital, and Paula was like, "No, I I I can't." I, Maybe I didn't think her it was hair like, oh, straighteners are broken. Anyway, no Sawler for this trial. Sadly, because Sterling Gallagher is doing other things. Um, they got a new barrister lined up, but they need more time. So Imran says, we've got to delay this. And Yasmin's like, no, the anniversary of Coronation Street is happening next week. We need to get this show on the road. I'm sorry. Please defend me right now. And he's like, I'm not qualified. And, and this is all... Just because I'm handsome doesn't mean I know what I'm talking about. Just because I look good in a and white wig. And she went, <laughs> what? What did you say? <laughs> sorry? <laughs> I... I don't know whether we need to explain or whether I'm able to explain because I keep forgetting about this, about why Imran isn't qualified. He's not a oh barrister, God. is he? He's a lawyer. It doesn't matter. And there's a difference, but there's Listen, no time for this now. It does, because... it does matter in real life, but I think often we've discovered in Coronation Street, if you try to get the details correct or nitpick, you're just... On a hiding well, he takes like a note out of Leanne's book and just tries to bone up for it in the space of about like, 30 I can minutes. just do my lunch break. And to be honest, well, as the trial went on for the rest of the week, you couldn't have told, could you? Imran did a pretty good job, I would say. Yeah, most so of the people watching were like... He just needs a bit like, more self-confidence. What did he say? I don't know. Maybe he's going to get a promotion like Billy did. Maybe he's going to be the... Archdeacon of... The Archdeacon of trials. Of, yeah, okay. Um, what was... So... I know you're going to get to it, but I wanted to ask you before I forgot. The other lawyer or barrister or whatever, mm. that lady was in it before defending somebody else, wasn't she? Who the one that was go the one who the one that was, was defending Jeff? Yeah. Yes, but I can't remember who. I've forgotten what so, trial she oh, was Oh, it was in. Nathan. I thought wasn't it? Wasn't I she? I think she's brilliant. I I, I enjoyed her actress. this week, and I also wanted to say that I know I know people. It's a bit of a panther. Like, she's really brilliant because she, like... She's good at being smug and, like, adversarial, whatever it's called, and, like, really um, badgering people. And a lot of people really don't like her. And I think that she... Know. No, no, no. Yeah, because you're not supposed to, oh. are you? She's very... She's just as smug as Jeff at times. And she can be a bit of a cow. But I just wanted to point out that you need people like this to make sure that the trial is fair. You don't want at the end of it for the person who is obviously done something wrong to get away with it because of insufficient um, defence, mm. you know? You want the person who is defending the... Well, he's not even... He's not on trial, is no, he? No, he's not. She's but you want everybody involved, even if it's obvious what actually happened, to do the best job that they can to make sure that the trial is completely fair and that everybody gets a, a fair shake. I because do... I how, always wonder, like... A, how do they live with themselves? Or B, do they actually, actually no, I don't, believe I don't, their no, clients? No, I, I think they might. They have to. They have to believe their clients because if you don't, you, you ha- I think you can't defend them. But I think if no, you I believe you in... Can. If you, you believe must... in justice, you take on the role of defending people because you believe in the process. And in order for the process to work... Everybody has to be defended properly within the fullest extent of the law. And I know that that doesn't actually happen in reality because money's involved and people can't afford the best defence and stuff. But I, I personally really passionately believe that if, if it's a fair and free and just society, even people like Jeff deserve to have a defence 
and somebody who's going to fight their corner and do the best they can because otherwise it's just a farce isn't it mm. otherwise mm. we've all just decided before we've even started what's the point of having a trial yeah. so people like her yes she's annoying in the show but in real life I, I just wish people were a bit kinder to like defence teams for people because they are doing their job and they're doing it for justice yeah Anyway, it'd be fun standing... to watch Imran do something like that and and talk about a dilemma about whether you know I don't believe. I th- be really see, see, I'm Didn't thinking you... he did while you were talking there. Okay. I'm sure there was a story earlier this year or remember. last year where Imran <laughs> got had to brain. defend someone that he didn't wasn't. Oh, he was defending Duncan, wasn't he, when he was going up against Sally last year. I'm sure that he was, and he was like, "I don't actually believe you, Dunk." I'm sorry, I don't remember. I'm no, really... I, I, th- I think he was. I've had a bit of a week. Gemma's, Gemma's yeah, she's on the mulled wine. I've also Killing had a really hard week. Cells. Deadline week. Right, um, anyway, so Imran has decided by scene two that he is actually going to defend Jasmine. He's going to give it a shot. Why not? Any What's excuse, the worst that can happen? Any excuse to get in the 60th anniversary week. Um, and Tim wants to get the police to pull their finger out and find Elaine because that'd be quite useful right now. And we've been saying for quite a while that um, we assume that we're going to see Elaine make a surprise appearance in court and by gum she didn't disappoint this week. There's a bit of a standoff between Jeff and Tim in the street later and Tim blabs that the police are looking for Elaine. Um, Craig's there as well. He kind of pulls up in his car and Jeff um, thinks, I know what I can do. Tim's a... Uh, handy with his fists I just need to say the right things and he can knock me out and make me look like even more of a victim than I'm trying to be so he starts this vitriolic attack against Tim's uselessness basically and I I was watching it thinking yeah fair, fair point He's got your number there, Tim. But Tim did He's, not. Didn't he say something really reason. horrible? Like, as soon as I held you in my arms, I knew you'd be <laughs> yeah. useless or something. It's like, yeah, but all no babies. No point teaching are you to read. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Tim um, punches uh, Jeff over, which is exactly punches what he over. wanted, mm-hmm. um, and Jeff, so which causes Jeff to get into a massive rant, and he this asks Craig to write it down. It doesn't really go anywhere. A bit of an but... annoying, like, repeat. It's like the DJ has like done a like rewind to another scene we've seen a million times where Jeff goads people and gets them to attack him or do something terrible and then he goes, Oh Mr Policeman, I'm telling on you and then but before then he was the one doing everything and nobody reported him. It's really annoying. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um he's there very smugly taking a selfie of himself to make himself look pathetic and when Imran finds this out he's worried that Tim's now not going to be able to testify in court as he's clearly holding a grudge against Jeff which I thought kind of thought that no he doesn't in the end I thought that was the whole point you don't testify against people that you're you're mates with no I know but (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you the, the 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 barrister who was who was on Jeff's side I don't even know what's going on but he she would have gone, is it true that you just recently attacked your father in the street? What exactly is it about your testimony that the jury is supposed to believe if you're a man of violence? Well, this is basically what, what she ended up saying to Alia would... today, wasn't it? Alia stands up and starts saying her stuff and, and, the, and the barrister's like, you, you don't like him, do you? You, you right. have been against him you, and, and trying to besmirch his name all this time. So, sorry, we can't believe a thing he's saying. Miss like, Nazir, mm, I point. put it to you that you are annoying and smug. Do you have a defence? <laughs> <laughs> Why should the jury listen to you when you're such an irritating person? <laughs> if I will ask you to cast your mind back to when Luke was killed, 
Do you remember how much of a big fuss you made about that? Do you remember <laughs> Luke? No? I didn't think so. I rest my case, Your Honour. Anyway, stop spoiling Friday. Maybe that was me that brought that one up. Um, anyway, the reason that it sucks that Tim can't testify in court is that he's the only one who had first-hand evidence that Jeff was filming Yasmin um, with, the, with think... the whole spy cameras and everything. I don't understand how... I don't understand I don't. how the our trials work obviously but i don't imagine that the the witnesses attached to the evidence isn't the evidence submitted separately it's not like it's not like tim's supposed to go up and go hello everybody yes um here's my powerpoint about why i think <laughs> jeff's a bastard no i i don't know i and i can't remember what exactly tim saw now he he definitely caught jeff doing something on the laptop didn't he but he's got evidence but, oh I don't know. Anyway, for whatever reason, Tim's freed up so he can go finding his mum on Wednesday instead, basically. Alia's losing hope at the end of the episode and then DS Abney rings up. Quite handily, they found Elaine, but she's in hospital. And that was funny when we were watching this because there was like the dramatic pause and you said, oh, I bet it's a psychiatric hospital. And then Alia's like, it's a psychiatric hospital. That's a much kinder version of what I actually said. (laughs) Yeah, she's been carted off to the nut house. No, I didn't say that. Wednesday. I think I said loony bin. Wednesday gets because one I was of... being I was being casual, yeah, but obviously it was very understand that mental health is very important. Wednesday starts off with one of those special curry starts where they like to be oh, all yes. fancy, and it's got Yasmin kind of teleporting all around her her <laughs> cell room. Why doesn't she just each, teleport herself out? Each of one, prison? she's got a new item of clothing on. And then she starts Jeff... with her p- pants, which is a bit weird. <laughs> and then Jeff pops in to sing along to her for yeah, a bit. Yeah, she's on the she's on the left hand side of the of the screen, looking into the centre. And then Jeff appears on the other side, like they're like they're minting a coin of them or something. <laughs> like, they're doing them for a stamp. <laughs> and then he starts singing. Take a look at my girlfriend. Yeah, which she's is the only one I got. Very good. Very tuneful. That is, uh, what's it, is it just called Take a Look at My Girlfriend? No, it's track? not. It's called something else. I don't know what it's called. I know this song from Cupid's Chokehold. I don't know where I know it from. By I'd, somebody. I only know that bit, so I'm glad they did that. I really, this it. song has been on my head ever since. And when this happened, I was like, no, 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 why are you no, ruining you it? That. And then I went, ah, actually, I kind of like this. You did it to the You and Me song, and now you've done it to this. No, but... Uh, and Hole yeah, Again by Atomic no, Kitten. No, but in... Yeah, but... It, There's a it, reference. No, but the difference was, at the beginning, uh, those songs were clearly being played in the world of the of the yes. show. So it's the You and Me song was, like, on the radio when they were... Yeah, when they were driving into the canal. And the um, Hole Again song was on the radio when the crazy guy was singing Neil. it to Andrea. But this felt like we were watching some kind of musical or like a music video of, of like the Yasmin and Jeff trial or something mm. because you you couldn't really hear you could hear the music but you couldn't really tell he was singing along and then and then they kind of made it obvious that he was singing along yeah, to a song while he have, was getting ready as well. Yeah, they had the one shot of them face to face in the cell and then they just cut to him putting on his tie in the uh, in the mirror and he's singing along to it and bum bum bumming along to it and then he... and I don't know what the I mean. I don't feel that there's greater any greater meaning to the lyrics particularly. It's like sometimes they pick really on-the-nose songs which go with what's happening in well, the scene. Well, there's a bit where he goes, never seem to get a lot. And that was kind of partly in his relationship with Yasmin. He was, it started off with well, her not... If that, yeah, but they didn't pick it for that line, did they? 
No, I don't, I don't know why. I can't remember. Also, what I said. Maybe he just really wanted some kippers for wife. breakfast. I don't know. Yeah, anyway. No, but I think the point of the song is that it's demonstrating, like, she's there by herself, like, anxiously getting ready in silence, and then he's there going, bom, 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 bom. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, already, jovial, he knows he's going to win. Free, he's cock of the walk. He's yeah. singing along, he's fine, he, he has no, not a care in the world. And he winks at himself in the mirror with his, with his red eye. Which, yeah, um, which he's made worse yeah. on purpose to make himself look more like a victim. Yeah, yeah. So it's a good start. I was wondering. I bet this was I've very... kind of got used to it, and this is the sort of stuff that I did used to like no, but I'm getting more more Got into it I still can't be doing with Christmas music montages and I'm sure we'll be getting one this the year the fact we had this makes me think the whole the whole episode is going to be a musical <laughs> although that would be I'd be okay with that yeah we've we've on one of our Patreon special episode um, things we talked about what we'd like for the 60th and I think um, Charlie Jamali plays it around wrote in and he well talked in charlie is desperate for cory to do a musical episode i'm sure he wouldn't mind us saying yeah so <laughs> so we're putting it out there if anyone wants well, to write perhaps one. they're like paving the way gently for this to happen by it was so close it could it have been him because he was one of the main players in the story this week as well if only they, they had a third third person in it they could have had imran getting ready singing along but alas, so i don't think that that song would have been anyway what i was saying i was I was I, I really was quite enjoying it, music now. but I it it was no Yasmin's dream. That was a great you know back in the summer when um when he comes and Jeff's there dressed as a prison guard and serves her a breakfast and then Alakazam's himself. They really have been a bit more experimental with this storyline more than any other storyline, mm. and it's interesting. You know, I, they haven't done anything like that with Oliver's storyline because obviously that's a lot more serious and sad and they don't want to distract from <clears throat> people yeah. relating to Leanne in a human way, which is very easy to do with a normal, you know, close-up of um, yeah. Jane dancing and crying. Although the coercive control is just as much of an issue story as no, Ollie is, yeah, it's yeah, also yeah. got the, the big villain in, isn't it? So. But you can be a bit more experimental with that storyline, I think. Yeah. Because, because, because the, you know, a dead child is so much more emotive, obviously. People already um, getting mad about certain bits of the story and you, you don't need stuff like a musical montage <laughs> as well to... Um, well, we kind of had it with, um, with the You Are My Sunshine last week, yeah. didn't we? Um, anyway, Sorry. they're all going off ready to court. Jeff and Tim have another little showdown in the street where Jeff's gloating at Tim not being able to take the stand and Tim says, oh yeah, well, we're going to go and get Elaine. And Jeff is not intimidated, neither does he seem particularly shocked at this point. And maybe that ties into a, something I was very confused about later on in the episode. But he's like, I don't care. He is so sure in his case that he's going to win this. He's oh, like, throw anything at me, out. I'm going to come out with so smell of roses. He's not on trial. No. So, of course, he's not really intimidated. Mm. Um, Imran is there prepping Yasmin, reminding her that she acted in self-defence, Yasmin. That's what we're saying. Sorry, if you can hear a cat yawning and licking herself. It's not me. It, it's, it's the cat it's yawning the cat. and licking herself. Um, anyway, that's, that's what they need to convince the jury. They need, the jury need to know that you are acting in self-defence. So the trial starts, and it, it felt like it was the same set <laughs> as the, um, the Ollie hearing, but kind yeah. of decorated slightly differently so we couldn't tell but we did remember when they ask you why did you stab Jeff don't say I stabbed him with a knife see and I'd do it again if I had the chance I'd stab every one of you if I had a knife right now 
It's a shame that they... Oh, the, the I didn't like that. this. She's going. It's a shame that they couldn't use the normal courtroom for this with a grand, you know, coming up the steps. We just, we just saw Alan Bradley coming up it recently on the there's DVD, some, there's, a, there's a certain gravitas to a great big wood-panelled court with a giant golden crest on the wall. Yeah. It did feel a bit like an after-school club where people are allowed to bring their own wigs. Because yeah, it, people kept coming into the room and they weren't bowing to the... like. You, I'm sure you have to bow to the judge. Well, the, the guy who comes in and brings in round the love note. He doesn't bow. He does a little. No, he didn't. He does like a sup. Yeah, but he <laughs> like yeah nod at he the didn't head. he didn't <laughs> nod like your honour. He nodded like yo Imran, <laughs> didn't he? Yeah. You're supposed to like. There's definitely a big distinct big difference between chin down and chin up. <laughs> if I was the judge, I would have had him in front of the court for contempt. Look, look, this judge doesn't even want to delay things so that they can get some probably quite useful CCTV like, well, footage well, later today. Boring. He needs to get home to watch Countdown on telly you know or something. It's so he's going to let this one slide. Yeah, forget it. Uh, anyway, the jury are there. No, they're not there. They're watching by video. I, link, didn't, aren't I they? thought this was really weird. I didn't. I, you mean it's obvious that why it happened? And, of course. And I guess that's how this they do probably, do it. Yes. I should have asked because one of my colleagues at school did jury duty oh, just a couple of Wally. weeks ago um, and I, I don't actually know whether she did it by video link or whether she went into the I don't think it. this feels like a fair trial if the jury aren't in the same room as the people giving evidence and I don't know with what the situation is and I understand we're in a pandemic, a pandemic. and you can't <laughs> stop justice but if I if I was convicted of something I'd ha- I'd be on my lawyers to say how can how can they judge what people's reactions were who's who's got the camera what what are they looking at mm. a lot of the time when we were watching this trial we could see Jeff acting like a smug asshole grinning and and like smirking at things if the jury were in the same room they'd be able to look at him yeah and I don't know whether like are the cameras trained on people? And you pick this stuff up. That's the point of being in the same room. Otherwise, we might as well always do trials with the jury in a different room. Right, well, if if the uh, people on the jury are anything like, you know, some of the people on our Facebook group or Twitter or anything, they were just like, oh, I just want to see Imran. Just focus the camera on Imran. Oh, we'll just listen to the rest of it. Can we have again? I'm just, I just wanted to hear what he said. Can we rewind it? I wasn't... <laughs> I was just looking at his face. Yeah, we had a lot of comments about Imran being a snack... I hadn't even heard that expression before. I have heard that expression. Um, I'm above all of this kind of stuff. Anyway. As you know. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> I've, I've lost. Where are we? The jury, the, the court case is starting. Jeff is taking the stand first. He says his oath. Yasmin there is shaking. Does and he I, do an oath or does he do an affirmation? He does an affirmation Because as well. we know that now there is a difference. We had a question on, on Twitter about why did Yasmin not swear on the Quran? She and... Jeff did an affirmation which is different. An affirmation is a non-religious swearing that you'll tell the truth and an oath is swearing on some kind of holy book of your choice. Interestingly, I found out in 2015 in Liverpool there was a case where the whole thing had to start again because it turned out one of the witnesses who was a Muslim swore in on the Bible and the judge said, I'm sorry, we can't continue. Now I've known, I can't, you, you can't take his evidence as fact and neither can I. The whole thing's got to be thrown out and they had to get a new jury. That must have been so annoying. I bet the people who were involved were uh, very annoyed about all that. How irritating. I bet they were like, hey, 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 what's all this then? And the judge is like, calm down, calm down, banging his gavel. <laughs> I, th- it sound- I find it all a bit weird, honestly, because... I think if you're going to lie, you'd lie on a Bible or a Quran or anything. Yeah. I don't get it. But the thing with Yasmin is that 
uh, although I think there has been a little bit of a retcon here. She was she's a a, a, a secular character, isn't she? I'm, I'm sure that at the beginning, when she was definitely more teetotal. Um, well, when she, she was, was married to Sharif, he was a lot more religious than she was, and yeah. he was the head of her household. And they observed they much were much stricter in their observations of Muslim traditions and mm. faith. So they had a Ramadan, and she wouldn't even, you know, not even, not even water. water. And they yeah observed everything. And then once he left, she started like drinking wine and things, and mm. she said something about I sometimes drink or, or whatever. Um, yeah, but she. I mean, I know that um, Shelley King has said that Yasmin's faith is important to her in interviews in in the past. I just want to point out one thing. It feels to me like sometimes we hold people of a different religion to a higher standard of adherence than we do to people who are Christian. When we think of a Muslim, we think of like a really kind of very strict, very hardcore, having to like adhere to all of the rules especially the dietary ones because i think those are the ones we notice the most Mm. but we don't hold christians and other religions to the same kind of standards like nobody's saying oh you can't you know you didn't you didn't observe easter correctly or Mm. like we we seem to think that if you're a muslim you have to do certain things and we don't let them have any leeway i'm sure there's there's a scale of course there is. You said about Shelley mentioning in interviews about her faith being important to her, but I'm sure that when she spoke to me, she yeah, was know, talking she about did. the importance of being a secular. Yeah, I know she did, a, a but she has spoke she, in different at different points mm. in the in time, and I think they have Coronation Street hasn't taken the time to really uh, like explore Yasmin and her belief system, but everybody has different parts of their life when they might feel differently about whatever yeah, religion they yeah. yeah yeah anyway so so yeah she she didn't swear on the quran no neither did jeff no so jeff or um, the bible what, what i really enjoyed watching throughout this we were talking about the reactions later but i thought that shelly king was fantastic throughout all of this and she's visibly shaking this is is this probably the first time that she's come face to face with jeff in the flesh since may yeah. Like six months. Yeah, she's ish. been and she said to um Ali on several occasions, I'm I'm kinda glad I'm here because mm. I don't want to be near him. And now she's forced to be, you know, trapped in a room with him and there's no escape for her. So Interestingly, she, her reactions were fantastic. I do think that sometimes in cases of abuse they will separate people and they didn't in this situation, mm. which is weird because they separated everyone else. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But obviously for dramatic purposes, she was in the same With the separating of the jury, I wonder whether it was more that this is how they're doing it in real life at the moment, or literally they couldn't have all of those actors in the room together at once. Well, which... the set is temporary. We know this now. We, we yeah. found out the set is temporary and it's in it's, where the hospital pro- set is. Yeah, yeah. So, um, which is inside the medical centre to the... To the left a bit. Yeah, so I, I, I don't think they're going to keep this. And the florists. No, well... It doesn't ho- feel like so a hopefully very... when they're allowed to go and film out on location again, the bit I really the normal miss the, the location shots for know, court cases. I know, um, at Jeff's acting all shy and nervous and, and like a victim. I mean, like you would expect he would. And he's saying, oh yeah, we had a good relationship to begin with. Then she became an alcoholic. And he talks about having to add structure to their day. Um, and, and then eventually he gave up trying because she was just uh, on the on the source all the time. And she was always blowing her top, apparently. And she was like, oh, I know she may look meek and mild now, but she, she was actually quite terrifying when she'd had a few. I was scared of her, Your Honour. And Yasmin is there looking like... I mean, 
I'd I, I, be interested to talk later about what you, who you think you would believe if you were on the jury. But <laughs> I mean, obviously, from our point of view, you can think how, how could anybody be scared of this this woman who is a shell of her former self? But um, sexist. I guess she could be putting that on. Um, Tim goes to visit Elaine. So this is the first time that we've seen her since August, was it maybe, when she was um, cowering before Jeff and then we wondered what had happened there. But yeah, she's gone to he's gone for a little trip to the mental is this, hospital. Is this the first time he acknowledges her as her... As his mum. To her face. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he it's has, such a shame. He's come to believe it in the time since. I know, but it's so, such a shame that because of coronavirus that we couldn't have... Mm. something a bit more intimate yeah yeah well we did have an intimate burial this week that we found out with um, (laughs) with with uh ollie and uh, that sounded a bit rude um so tim is um really chuffed to find out that his mum is um really quick to forgive him because he's like i'm I'm so sorry I, i didn't believe you and she's like, look, it's fine. So we, we get to hear about where she's been. She's not been locked in Jeff's basement. She went into hiding after Jeff scared her off. And she said, last week, I decided I've had enough of this. Again, 60th anniversary coming up. Better get a move on. I'm not going to be scared of Jeff anymore. Went out for a drive. And then suddenly she couldn't breathe. And the next thing that she knows, somebody's found her crying her eyes out on the hard shoulder. So she had some kind of psychotic episode. And um, Is that the right word? Yes. She's overwhelmed to hear that he believes everything, everything that she had told him in the past about, about Jeff being an ass when he was bringing him up and, uh, and all that. But she's, she's too scared to give evidence because Tim's like, okay, so you, we're on you know, singing from the same hymn sheet here, but she's like, no, I cannot stand up in court. Um, So, and she says, look, I I can just imagine seeing Jeff um, face to face. I I couldn't do it. It's already been bad enough here where I've been, it felt like I've been looking around and I've been seeing him kind of skulking in in the shadows. And this is what he does. He spies on you. He makes you feel worthless. He makes you hate yourself. And Tim's like, this is why we need to stop him. So back at the um, courtroom, Jeff's talking about the night of the attack, the old, the old smashy bottlings back in May. And um, he says that I, I tried to resist arguing with Yasmin that night, um, but I couldn't do it. And I, I went over to her. She hit me with a bottle. Um, he's asked about, did he have a knife in his hand? Because that was quite a key piece of evidence. And he said, no, I, I had been cutting bread, but I definitely put the knife down before I went over to her. And he denies waving the knife around aggressively. He's like, no, the knife was definitely on the table. And I, I don't think, it, I'm pretty sure he had the knife in his hand. But I can't remember now. I need to watch the clip. But I don't, I don't think it's, I think it that, really matters at the end of the day because nobody was there to see it. Imran was very, like cool and measured and firm in his mm. questioning whereas i think that the the barrister the on the other side was a bit more trying to uh get an emotional reaction out yeah, of people trying because, to catch them off guard because and... that was her you know her remit is to make people seem a bit unhinged yeah and make them like, slip up yeah yeah it's interesting that they've picked a woman to do that i thought because yeah. i think um, we are off, we often like to think of like when when a woman is assertive and a, like badges somebody, we dislike her more than we might do if say it was Imran who was on, if they switch roles, you know. Mm. So I think that the fact that it was a woman makes us 
primed to dislike her more, unfortunately. And it was in, I find it interesting Especially as well. Especially because also she's attractive, and I think people are, are discriminate against attractive women. In I thought it was interesting like how Jeff has obviously come across as somebody who thinks that he's got all women of the world wrapped around his little finger. He just needs to, you know, pull a magic a rabbit out of his hat and, <laughs> and, and she's dropping her drawers. But in this case, <laughs> he's relying on this woman to, you know... Mm. Not not get him off because again he's not the one that's on trial. I know here. it's very confusing to try to keep all this in your mind. Um, it makes you wonder point, whether you know, he's going to try and uh, try and seduce her after oh, this. What yeah, but I mean, uh, no, I know, I know that he won't. But it's like, would he think that he could? I, he thinks he's a charmer, is what you're trying to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, absolutely. Um, so anyway, uh, we're very di- we're diver- diverging a lot on this. Tim's Tim's left um, Elaine. She's looking reflective, thinking, oh, maybe I should um, testify. Um, and then Imran is up on the, uh, in, the, in the questioner's block or whatever. And he says, right, Jeff, tell me about these escorts that you've been sleeping with. And um, he, he, he makes a big thing about this. This is one of his key bits of evidence to um, discredit Jeff, I suppose. And it had already been brought up and Jeff keeping his cool throughout all of this. And he's like, yeah, I was a, I was a bad husband. What, what can I say? But it doesn't mean that I tried to stab my wife with a bread knife. Well, the thing is also, he's very manipulative because he says, yeah, I, I saw escorts. Apart from that, I was a good husband. Is that what you want me to say? But obviously then you'll think well, he wasn't a good husband at all, but what can I say? Mm. This is what happened. I was a good husband to her. I slipped up. He he says everything. He's so, he's so manipulative. He says all the right things to try to make the jury go, yeah, he was a, he was a nice guy in a bad situation. But I, I, it still felt a little bit to me like he was putting on a show. Yeah, of course. Um, I, because it, he was putting on a show, yeah. but because he's used to being in front of the audience and making a show of things... I think that he maybe he didn't realise how um, theatrical he was coming across compared to Yasmin, whose testimony was very uh, yeah, sober no, and sombre, sobering and yeah. But some people that will work on yeah, he in the he's, jury he's taken room. A gamble, You've been I in the jury room before. A jury You've room. seen how uh-huh. people react differently to different things. Yeah, yeah, totally. People I, bring I found, their bias I found in. That's, the why, tone there's more than, that's of, why there's 12 people. Jeff and Yasmin's testimony, the difference between them, very because interesting. Because you're primed to. Yeah. So, um, anyway, Imran's um, uh, ace up his sleeve, um, to, to keep the magic analogy going here, is <laughs> that Philippa supposedly came back, Philippa, Elaine, whatever we want to call her, came back in the summer and Jeff had told the police that she was dead. But is she, though, Jeff, uh, Imran's saying, and... Interestingly, Jeff seemed to be caught a bit off guard by that line of questioning and he stumbles and he says, well, I thought she was dead, but then, yeah, somebody claiming to be her showed up and and then disappeared again. I I don't know what happened. And Imran says, but yeah, so was that her? And and Jeff trying to say, oh, I can't can't remember. Or maybe, and and Imran's trying to make a thing saying, well, surely there must be a photo of this woman around somewhere. Um, and, And Jeff kind of has to admit that yeah, I suppose there would be. We would be able to find one and I'd be able to show it to somebody and they would be able to confirm that this is who it is. So he's he's forced to admit that, yes, it could have been her. So already, I guess the jury are thinking... Why is he mm. lying about stuff? Yeah, exactly. And why is he, why is he saying people are dead? And I would have, can you trust somebody who can't recognise his own wife? Mm, I would have thought that maybe Jeff might have come up with a better Well, because he wasn't expecting to, to be asked about it. But it's all... Kind of, I suppose he's 
his web of lies runs so deep that yeah, exactly. he can't he's be ready so for anything. He's been concentrating on what he's going to say about the Yasmin yeah, thing exactly. rather than the, the Elaine Philippa. Um, anyway, that's the end of the trial for, for Wednesday. Imran comes home late and he's dead. Oh, he's so pleased with himself, like, isn't yeah, he? yeah, I did it. And Ryan's like, yeah, you it. go, you've done it. Ryan's there. Cause he, cause Ryan's, Ryan was in the background. He's in the background and Alia wasn't because she's going to be one of the witnesses yeah. later. And Ryan's dead proud of him as well. They have a celebration and, uh, and uh, they also find out that hasn't, I think Imran said that he's just been to see Elaine maybe, but whatever, he's found out that Tim has convinced Elaine to give evidence now. So the last time we saw Elaine, she was thinking about it. Now she's going to do it. All looking good. But wait, a twist. Uh-oh. Who's this coming into the mental hospital oh using somebody else's pass? It's Jeff. He's, he's let himself into the psych ward. I've got much more to say about this later. He's got a card belonging to somebody who has obviously it's got called, access called to this called Pauline. He's on the phone to Pauline saying, oh, thanks for lending me your card. I'll give it back in a See minute. you later. Uh, yeah, love. Um, and then he goes into Elaine's room where she's there sitting on a sofa, oh, on an on a, on a armchair, sorry. And he's like, hello, my little chickadee. Um, Elaine is oh, cowering is in the chair. She's um, but she's she anxious. Because because all the, these nightmares that she's been having about Jeff appearing and, and the, well, she says she and she's been she fantasizing about no, maybe seeing him. Not, not, that's not the right word. She she's, says she saw him in, outside looking at mm. her, and it's become apparent that it was him. Supposedly, yeah. I think it was him. I don't know. We'll talk about this later. Just because, okay. Um, anyway, she says, "No, I'm going to testify," but she's terrified. He tries his, uh, his very best to belittle her, calls her a failure as a mother, says the joy's going to take one look at he's you, and then he's going to knock Yasmin away, throw yeah. away the key, um, and it does the trick because at the end of the episode, Elaine phones up Tim and says, "Sorry, love, don't ask me I why. Can't testify now. Don't ask me why. Definitely didn't get a visit from Jeff." She puts the phone down and then when he tries to phone her back, she refuses to pick up. So things are not looking good for Team Yasmin because this is the key bit of evidence that they really could have, really were relying on, which was kind of lucky really because two days ago they didn't even know where where Elaine was. So I don't know how they thought they were going to win before this, but never mind. I suppose it was Tim um, was going to be the, the Trump card yeah. before and then until, he, until the Trump thumped. Um <laughs> Imran's bricking at the beginning of Friday's episode. Yasmin comes into the courtroom and takes the stand. And all, all, quite a lot during these court scenes, there's been lots of fadings, haven't there? Which is the old, uh, the old way that TV Time's shows passed. us time has passing. They might as well have just had uh, somebody with a card standing up there saying, you know, 10 minutes later. But um, yeah, she, she talks about definitely, definitely not an alcoholic. And, and she, she basically just recounts classic episodes from the Yasmin and Jeff story, like the one where he makes her drink a load of wine and yeah. the one where he locks her in a box. A and one. Do you remember that classic? The one where he feeds her Charlotte Bronte. Oh, that was harrowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she talks about red crosses, about controlling the money, Jeff controlling the money, taking her cards, <laughs> how she felt physically threatened by him more than once because um, I think she was asked directly about this. Um and uh, yeah, she she does a, a very good job of uh, of making her side of the story seem very very believable. I I, yeah. I think I probably would have believed a bit. I, I I you don't know, do because we we know the truth. The thing is, In, though, the question the question is, uh, does the jury have to believe that she? This is the question. Are you? Is it abuse if you believe it's abuse? Or does there have to be an intention? Because I think you can unintentionally abuse somebody. And I think that Jeff 
many other I don't know about Jeff but many other people like him are manipulative and narcissistic and they do these things and they're not calculated in any way they just natural natural behaviors that these people have um and I, I just I just wonder like do you have to prove intent with with abuse or is it enough that Yasmin believed that she was being abused that's my question and I guess we don't know the answer yeah and at the end of the day does any of that matter if she attacked him with, when he with, with intent? When her. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm trying to remember, and in fact, I'm just, as you're talking there, just trying to load <laughs> up the YouTube thing, but um, I don't know whether I can find it. From the actual scene where she, she uh, smashes the bottle over his head, what, was he carrying the, the knife or not? What, what's your memory of it? Because this, that seems I, to be quite key. I don't He's think that he. YouTube. I don't think he mm-hmm. had the knife in his hand. I've got. I've got a feeling now he didn't. When I was watching it earlier, because I, I was remember thinking, saying. No, maybe he did. I remember saying before, like personally, I completely sympathise with Yasmin. I hate Jeff. I think he's awful. But if you were to ask me, did she attack him and nearly kill him? The answer is yes, she did. No, he did. I'm just watching it now. He's got the, He's got the knife in his in his left hand, um, and she's looking down at it. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah, no, he has. Oh, he's he he's got the, the bread knife, knife yeah. in, in his hand. Yeah, there we go. So even even so, we were so. believing Jeff's lies. Well, um, anyway. I mean, yeah, the, the question is, did she attack him with a wine bottle? The answer is yes. Yeah. The question then becomes, why did she do it? Yeah. And they're arguing self-defence because of coercive control, yeah. which is correct, but it's so it's such so difficult mm. so this is at this point in the trial Imran shows the that recovered cloud footage you know the one from the phone like, it must be over a year ago well, that it was recorded this, where he was filming her in her face up. and he was menacing and you're her. stupid why are you um, wearing a dress for you, and that you looks think pretty, you're great that looks pretty damning to be fair um, and he also asked her about making inquiries into Claire's law etc etc um, and then she says about on the night of the alleged attack um uh, she gave a great line, which was she She no longer thought that she might have been a victim of abuse. She suddenly realised that she was. And she gives a very detailed description of the night of the attack. Jeff, all the way through it, kind of chewing a wasp, thinking, oh, yeah, um, this, this is, is looking pretty convincing, isn't it? Tim And Tim, his face was fantastic because he's realising all of this was going on. And, and he, had, he, no he had no idea. Awful. And he was on his dad's side yeah. as well for, for, for so many months afterwards. So, the thing is, okay, the coercive control stuff almost, I think, is irrelevant if he had the knife in his hand. Yeah. Like, the question is, were you acting in self-defence when you bottled him with this, and glassed him in the neck? And it all hinges on, was he? Ha- did he have a knife in his hand? Mm-hmm. Not, it doesn't matter whether he was abusing her or not, really, because the the actual event itself, that protecting yourself, if you feel like you're you're in, under threat, isn't mm. that protected by law anyway? Isn't su- that a separate thing? I suppose the fact that if she had been driven to the brink of insanity because of all of this, it might... Well, no, it's might, not that, is it? No, but that, it, might, it, might, it might it's explain like, why given, she doesn't remember whether he, no, completely well, whether he had the knife. Yeah, yeah. Given, given that this man has been threatening you for years, when he approached you and you thought he had a knife, what would your reaction be? Would you attack him? Probably, yes, if, you, if he had established a pattern of behaviour that was threatening towards you. Mm, mm. And and 
if he's done all of these abusive things in the in the year yeah, beforehand, he then also would he have? Would capable, his next yeah. step have been exactly to come at you with a knife with the intention of you know cutting you a new whatever uh, breathing hole? Yes. Um, time for the prosecutor to have a go at Yasmin now. And oh, she, she's so evil. She, oh. is, she accuses no, Yasmin of being in denial about brilliant. alcoholism. She says, how can you be sure that, that Jeff trapped you in a box that one time? You don't, you couldn't see outside the box that you were in, so you don't know whether he did it on purpose or not. When I watch people, like when I watch trials like this, when, when the prosecutor or whoever the antagonist solicitor is in whatever case you're watching, I always think, I, I would... Apart from being intelligent and learning things, which I'm not very good at, I think I'd be great at being a lawyer because you just have to be contrary and like mm-hmm. be really awkward and difficult and argumentative. Like, how can you really know what uh, what's reality anyway? When you see things with your eyes, it's just interpreted by your brain. Is it you might have just imagined that he had a knife in his hand? How about that? You can't say for sure, can you? <laughs> like at the end of it, you'd, you'd be, be a like brilliant bitch lawyer. <laughs> That's the nicest thing I've ever said. Thank you. Um, she also says, "Well, are you talking about Claire's law and going to the police, but actually, wasn't it your wasn't it your granddaughter Alia that did that? And isn't and, she famously and, irritating? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, Yasmin, <laughs> yes. Yes, did he say that he was going to kill you or not? And Yasmin says, oh, "I'm not 100 sure whether he did say that actually." Um, and and this is where the debate about whether um, Jeff was brandishing the knife came about. And she's like, oh, I, I kind of think it, it was. And it, was that the point well, no, as well yeah. where they talk about the fact that the knife was recovered you yes. know, a little distance away from Yasmin? This was How really did it impo- get there? Yeah, this was really interesting to me because this was actually actual physical evidence. And the trouble is, when you're talking about things like abuse and coercive control and it's, and it's mental abuse, that unless you've kept a a diary of things or written anything down or there's any evidence it's all just you know well this is what i think happened and this is what he thinks thinks happened but the physical evidence that is at the scene of the crime is a bit damning isn't it yeah i can't remember exactly what happened to the knife after the stabbing but i mean to me it's like well the knife was two meters away from where it should have been that isn't that far it it's certainly believable that it could have kind of clattered and not rolled but you know did a little bounce to go somewhere or maybe Yasmin pushed it out of the way but when she was tending to her stabbed husband I I know but the thing is though she didn't say any of that did she she didn't say well it probably got there when I did this or whatever she just went yeah I don't you know she didn't have an explanation for why the knife was in a different place maybe it's up to the jury to make inference here and if she she clearly was you know not in her right mind she'd been driven you know, to the brink of insanity when it happened. So she's not going to remember everything completely. And just because somebody doesn't remember it, it's completely because of a reason. I know, it doesn't but, mean yeah, but if, if, if the person who's defending themselves says, I can't remember if he had a knife and he, he was coming at me and I can't explain why the knife wasn't anywhere near him when the, when the, um, when the ambulance came... Mm. as a jury you sit there and you have to take what she says you can't just say well probably what happened was you have to take what she says do you think there's any chance that next week jeff's gonna break and say okay it's chill i did it and i do it again no i don't think so (laughs) i i and i still don't know what's gonna happen at the end of this because 
Um, I think that it's possible he could get away with it. I don't know. I don't know. Again, we'll talk about that later. Let's get we'll, we'll get into the end of the synopsis now. Come on, I let's promise go. Let's everybody. Do it, let's do it. It's Alia's time on the stand, but as I said <laughs> earlier, the barrister quickly makes it clear that the evidence counts for nothing that she's giving because she wasn't there on the night of the yeah, attack. Exactly. You also don't like him. Yeah. So things are looking bad. However, this is when Imran's little friend comes in and passes him a note and He's Imran opens him up and goes, Oh, I like you too. <laughs> I tick the box. I like you. <laughs> and what's this? You're not a vegetarian. <laughs> That's a point for Interesting. you. Interesting. You like meat lasagna, kind of, you say. Yeah. What's your favourite sort of lasagna? And the man goes, what do you mean? There's only one sort of lasagna. And he goes, oh. <laughs> Sally is next. And she says, and this, this was my... It wasn't, oh, I don't know whether I can say it was it, my scene of the week, it but was it was funny. certainly the line that made me laugh the most. And it's not often, honestly, that I will laugh out loud for an extended period about a line that anybody says on Coronation Street. But she's questioned about seeing Yasmin's clothes getting burnt in yeah. Jeff's bonfire. And this is where the woman's like, oh, but you couldn't see what was inside it, could you? Because it had a lid on it. Hmm, it could have been anything that she was burning there. Do you? And, and, and Sally says something about the fumes and she it says... It looked like it was are you chemicals. A, are you, yeah. Are you, are you... What did she say? Are you, are you, are a, you scientist, a scientist, Mrs. <laughs> Metcalf? And it's like... And just the way that she says, I did chemistry at school. Like she puffs herself up like... It's very, it is. It's she entirely said, possible that I am a scientist, <laughs> given my qualification in double science. The way that she said it is the same way that she proudly will say that her she's got a daughter who's a Christian lesbian. <laughs> she just any any excuse and, and it is so so well written and delivered yeah. by Sally Dinovar. I absolutely love that line. Oh, um, such but a then shocker. Imran calls Elaine Jones to the stand. My shocker was I didn't realise her surname was Jones then. So it's a cool surname, Elaine, isn't it? Um, Elaine rocks up and says, basically, how about how awful her life with Jeff was? So he did hit her once. So that shows that he does have form for being physically abusive, which mm-hmm. I don't... He, he hadn't been with Yasmin, had he? Well... No, but we do know he was violent that time. There was that police report about him attacking that lady. That other one. Yeah, yeah. and that weirdly that hasn't come up. You would think that that would that yeah, would be that's, something that's that been would a dropped thread. It seems, hasn't it? Mm. Um, and uh, also, um, Jeff threatens to kill Tim when Elaine tried to get him back. I, I'd have taken the risk, to be honest. <laughs> we've all we've all been there with Tim. Um, she heard about Jeff in the paper earlier this year. She said she wanted to see her son, her beautiful son. And, he... and Tim's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, puffs up his hair. Um, he threatened her four months ago. And last night, ladies and gentlemen... Oh, and suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, like, the, the, the court was haunted by a, a series of extras who weren't there yeah. going, mama, 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 mama. Totally was. Like, who's saying this? The jury aren't allowed to talk to each other, are they? Not during the trial. Well, if even if and they... And what would they say? Quite no, even if, even if they were, then surely they wouldn't be mic'd up. It yeah, doesn't matter the whether they've got anything to say. <laughs> Could juror number three stop chewing their pen, please? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was... It must have been, like... Was it Imran going... Ryan and Tim? I was, going, good God! I, I don't know. I don't know, but that was... That was quite It was exciting. weird. That was, I didn't like that piped in. That was silly. Yeah. Um, so the prosecutor starts speaking to Elaine and says, look, she was she basically trying to make her out to be a head case and going on about the fact, you, you have just come from a, uh, I don't even want to say it because you're going to tell me I'm using the wrong term again. Psychiatric ward? 
Is that um, what she called it? I don't remember. I don't know. Anyway, there is no proof that Jeff was there last night, was there? And Imran's like, they probably had CCTV, actually. Um, and Just I like, think think we should probably go and get it. And the judge is like, oh, pff, What no. the hell, man? I thought no. this was going to be over next week. You said it was the 60th next week. It'd take ages getting that CCTV what are you footage. About? I'm not waiting for that. It's Christmas. Woo. <laughs> um, and then... She, the barrister, tries yeah, to make out. Yeah, the judge literally says, "I ain't waiting for no, no rubbish CCTV nonsense." Thanks very much. Which is, um, yeah, I don't. Don't, they, but this happens all the time in court cases. It's, it's sad, like, isn't I ain't it? got time. It seems like it'd be a bit of a clincher. And um, the barrister tries well, yeah, to make if out a woman's, that if a woman's like literal grasp on reality is being questioned on the stand, and she's like, "Well, there might be physical evidence that what I'm saying is true," and the judge is like, "No, there could be. There, it just takes a long time." That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and I don't believe... I believe in fast justice. He's like, so many stories on Coronation Street have been sold because there's happened to be some CCTV there. So I'm going to... The judge is like, if you can I'm do it just going way. to assume that somebody's recorded something over the top of it. Yeah, yeah. Which is what normally what happens. What normally happens when there's... <laughs> yeah. Um, so Elaine um, is made out... Uh, is is accused of going to visit Yasmin this summer to cook up some plan to yes, discredit Yes, because they went, she went to visit her in prison and she was like, how come you went to go and visit her if you don't even know who she is? Back in July, um, she's yeah. told. And I was like, was it July? Was it May? Was it June? Who knows? Who Back knows? in that crazy earlier this year when who nobody knew say? what date it was in Weatherfield. Um, and Elaine brilliantly just turns on this woman and says, in many ways, you are exactly the same as Jeff. You're, oh. you're manipulative, you're a oh. liar, you like to make people feel small, you're just as bad as him. It. And I've said my piece, and actually, there's really nothing more to be said. Yeah, go Elaine. No, but I thought, I also like this, because the the, the barrister was like, standing there like, hmm, hmm. And I thought, to me, if I was her, I'd be thinking, yeah, carry on, say that. Say say that somebody asking you a question is the same as being abused because, honestly, the fact that you think this is abusive calls into question everything you've just said about his behaviour. Because if you think if you think I'm being horrible and evil to you, I'm sorry, this is a process that has to take place. I'm not... It's my job to ask you these questions and you, you're acting like... I'm I'm abusive and I'm just as bad as the man that you've accused of coercive control. Mm. That makes me think you don't even know what that is. Good point. Good point. Although that isn't brought up, is it? Because that's because she's not a good the, as good of a, being a bitch lawyer the as I am. Of triumph for the, but it's not quite the end of the episode because there's a bit of a. It's almost an anticlimactic ending to the pre-60th anniversary week. The final yeah. scene is just Alia on the phone to Yasmin saying, "Oh, I'm sure you'll win next week." End of episode. Yeah, I felt like the way that. Shelley King delivered the line. She didn't know that was the final line of the episode. It almost felt like. I mean, like surely it, it would. Have, surely it. It was just very. It was it. just it, kind of very, perhaps a bit too subtle. As I was watching the second half of the second episode, I was like, "Oh, I just want this to keep going and going and going." But oh, we've only got about five minutes left, four minutes left. It must be nearly finished. And then when it when it ended, it's like, "Oh, that was yeah, a bit of a shame, really." But on the whole, um, the, this story was was fantastic. I loved all of the court stuff. I thought that it was brilliant. As unlikely or whatever you want to call it as it was Imran being the one to defend, it felt right that it was him. We've obviously, we're obviously big Imran fans here on, on Conversation Street. <laughs> Judging so from social him, media, everyone's a big Imran fan at are, the moment. Like um, a man in uniform. It, it, having him being there, defending this, 
you know, the main character of Coronation Street in 2020 in the biggest storyline of Coronation Street in 2020 is fantastic. Um, and I, I was I was so proud of him for, for giving it a go. And he thought he couldn't do it at the beginning <laughs> of the week, but he was so good. But like, like you said earlier, I, he, he kept his cool. He was, he was stern. He wasn't trying to... He wasn't trying to provoke an emotional reaction because it wasn't really of his, to his benefit to do that. Or, or maybe there was a little bit when he was kind of goading Jeff about the photo, I suppose. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but I, 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 I loved how how serious he was. There was no comic, <laughs> corridi, what, co- no, corri- like? comedy campness from him or I, anything like why that. Why would there be any? Well, like, you know, in the same way, the, the defence um, lawyeress woman was a little bit like that. She was a bit... No, but she was Mrs. Metcalf. Yeah, but that's what they're like. And, and but you you could have had a um, prosecuting lawyer Well, being I guess just what you're saying same. is he wasn't theatrical. Yeah? No, yeah, yeah, he wasn't. I, I thought I thought Because was I'm sure we've had other lawyers in the past where, well, we've had, obviously, we've had many stories before Adam and Imran and Paula rocked up where the... the the uh, legal team would have been just all extras or, mm. bit, you know, uh, uh, guest stars, you know, what they yeah. call supporting actors. Yeah. So they, they're often quite theatrical, but because Imran's a full-time character, he's a bit more nuanced. Well, some, so I, I've seen a mixture of, uh, honestly, in the past, sometimes some of these side lawyers side or whatever bits. have been great. Side I mean, pieces. Elliot was, was wonderful last week as, a, as an extra mm. lawyer. And so, but yeah, I, I was really, really impressed with Charlie's so, performance and I, and I was glad that he he's the one that's turning the tide against Jeff this week with the help of the rest of the supporting cast, of course. But I did think it was a shame we didn't get did we get any in Ran and Toya this week? I'm trying to remember now. No, because she was, she was, she in was the off other doing story. the Ollie story. They've got to separate people a little bit, haven't they? Because yeah. of filming bubbles and stuff. I guess, but um, I, I felt that that was missing maybe, but oh what well. Would, what could possibly... I think that we got enough humanising of Imran and talking about him worrying with his conversations with Ryan. Yeah. We didn't need Toya oh, necessarily. Yeah, 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 I know, but you know. And Toya would have been like, you would have been like, why is Toya not upset about Ollie in this scene but she is in that scene it, it was better to have them set but I didn't need them to be in the same scene yeah, but okay. you've written like who who would the jury believe what do you think the outcome is going to be you've written is it not obvious it feels like it feels like it's going to be obvious what happens and although I, I mean I said earlier this episode I haven't seen the trailer for the 60th anniversary I have seen one picture Related to this storyline, oh, a behind-the-scene yeah. picture um, with Jeff and another character that doesn't really give away what happens there. It doesn't at all. Um, well, but but, considering the trial is still is still taking place next week, which is the sixtieth. Yeah, I assume so that there's going to be some sort of verdict on on Wednesday. Oh, but Wednesday. It, well, yeah, that's when that's when the the anniversary episode. I is. know it's on Wednesday, but the but whole week is a special week. Yeah, it could be Monday, but but. Yeah, I always thought it'd be on Monday. Maybe Wednesday is going to be more focus on on Ray and his bulldozer smashing down everything on the on that side of the street. I don't know. <laughs> Go for it, Ray. Um, it it just feels like it's really obvious that 
Jeff is not so, Yasmin is going to be found not guilty, and I kind of want her to be. I don't need this stringing out any longer I need because there's still summary. the aftermath of the story. Jeff, just because if if Yasmin gets let off, it doesn't mean we're not going to see her again for six months. Hopefully, hopefully we'll see Yasmin more because honestly, we've barely seen any of I her know. since May, have we? We've there's been the odd prison scene here and there, but Shani King has not appeared in Coronation Street very much. So I'm kind of hoping that this has been a bit of a recharge, the old batteries sort of time so once she is inevitably allowed to walk free again next week that's what i think hopefully we will see more and more and more of her and probably a lot less of jeff following next week well because it's not going to end up like okay yeah well she didn't do it but we're going to take jeff in for being naughty no that's not going to happen so i mean no matter what happens jeff was free to do what he wants next week yeah. Isn't he? But I mean, he he could end up down the sinkhole or whatever, and I, I'd rather he wasn't. Um, he could be humiliated and just decide to leave. Yeah, the question equally, isn't, the, isn't what happens to Jeff. The question is, will Yasmin be there or not? I wonder whether if if the jury decides to find Yasmin not guilty because they believe that there was an element of coercive control here, how quickly can Jeff be arrested for coercive control, which is illegal in this country? If a, if a, yeah. you know if a team of jurors have said I well, don't believe her because of this, then does he have to be investigated for that? I don't know. No, I don't think necessarily. I, d- I don't really know. I mean, it, it, at the end of the day, well, I'm sure it'll be something fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm I think he's going to. I so what? It, the, the jury will go. We find the defendant not guilty because of coercive control, and the judge goes, "Oh, fun! Oh, yes, another trial, another trial." <laughs> Actually, more likely, the judge will be like, "Oh, oh God, I thought oh, we'd finish this what? now." I thought it was Christmas. Uh, yeah, no, this is my I, last trial before Christmas. I, I, I think that Yasmin will be walking free at the end of next week. I. Th- I, I don't know for sure what's going to happen to Jeff, but I'm hoping it's going to be good. It kind of it kind of has to be. But then we said the same about Phelan, and and that was a little bit of a letdown. So we'll have to see. And I, I, and I do know. think the fact we saw Jeff's magic room last week, and we really didn't need to. Yeah. They've built a Jeff's set. magic room set. There's going to be something that goes on upstairs in, uh, in that house in the maybe six. he's going to lock Yasmin up again, and then um, there's going to be some kind then, of final showdown. Surely. And then. Ray runs over with a bulldozer. With a bulldozer, maybe. Well, I don't know, I don't know. I think, from a story point of view, I think it would make sense. I I think what's going to happen, either Yasmin will be found guilty, and then Jeff will do or say something in the anniversary week that makes it so mm-hmm. that the, they go... Everyone who's ever been arrested is now free because of what Jeff just said. Is it like when you kill a magician or kill a wizard and all the magic that they that he's yeah, ever like done the suddenly becomes undone? Off of you and the bars melt away, and she goes, "Oh, I'm free." Yeah. Um, or she will be found not guilty, and she'll just be free. But um, I don't know. If I was on the jury and I was listening, and especially because I think if they were to sum it up and say, um, you know, Jeff, Jeff. Like Imran would say, well, this was a, there was a clear pattern of coercive control. She was in fear of her life when Jeff approached her. Therefore, you can't find her guilty of manslaughter or or attempted murder or whatever because she was defending herself, and therefore you must find her not guilty. But then the other woman comes up and says, "That's what you would say if you were an alcoholic who had been abusing his hus- her husband, and she." Her, in her own words can't actually tell you whether or not 
where the knife was, whether or not he had a knife in his hands. If a man approaches you just because he was horrible to you, even if he was or not, it doesn't matter. If you're saying that he was mean to you for a year, does that give you the right to try and stab him to death with a bottle? I don't think so. Also, you've just heard from Elaine, who's come up and told you that she saw this man come to the hospital. I ask you, how do you think that a man would be able to enter a psychiatric secure unit when he doesn't have any access without anybody seeing him? Mm. You've got to trust this woman who has admitted that she had a mental breakdown. You don't know whether she knows reality or not. This is what you would say if you were trying to yeah, defend Yeah, but I, him. I think as a viewer, I'm, I'm, not that I I'm think thinking that. I, it almost is a moot point whether she's going to be found guilty or not guilty. That's what I'm because, saying. Yeah, uh, because, yeah. Because we know that Jeff, Jeff's going to Jeff's get his comeuppance. Jeff's going come to get his comeuppance and, Je- and Yasmin will, will get away with it. Yeah, I agree with you. That's why it's, so it's, it's how it happens, yes. I suppose. And if she's found not guilty, I'll be like, oh, that's quite exciting really, but... You know, at the end of the day. The thing is, the point, I guess... She's not going to be getting down. No. I guess the the interesting bit would be the reaction of what uh, whatever happens, Jeff will react in a certain way. So I kind of would be looking forward to him reacting to her being found guilty because I do love a bit of smug Jeff. I do love to hate well, it. Well, especially it's really good to see somebody gloat right before they get their just desserts. Yeah. So Do you remember when Anna was sent down and Phelan was leaning over going, Ah Anna, I want it. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what he was saying. Yeah. But yeah. Um yeah, because if if Jeff if she f- is found not guilty, Jeff would probably spiral out of control and do something drastic or, you know, be even more unpleasant. If she is found guilty, he is gonna be a smug, he's going to be off his guard he is is going to sort of feel very secure mm. in himself and he's going to enact his plan, which is to sell the house to Ray, get some money under the table and, and try and escape. Yeah. So either way, I guess he would be quite dangerous. Like if he's if he thinks he's got nothing to lose because Yasmin hasn't been found guilty, he could be very dangerous. Also, if his, if his ideal escape and retirement in... Where's Cyprus. he going? Cyprus is under threat because somebody does something to him mm. or he thinks he can't get away with it he's going to be violent and dangerous as well so it's going to be interesting no matter what happens but i, I don't so. think it's i don't think it's a um maybe it is a foregone conclusion i think coronation street after what they did to us with ollie is going to want to make people have a happy ending for at least one story which would be yasmin being found not guilty mm. But dramatically speaking, it could go either way. Yeah, I mean, it certainly doesn't appear that the Carla Peter Adams story is going to be happy at the end of next week. It's a feel-good orgy, uh, but, like I mean, we had before But the, last the, week. there's obviously there's going to be a feel-good ending to the Ray story because he's not going to knock the houses down, spoiler Ooh. alert. Um, can I can I just take a step back from all this wall-to-wall praise that they were giving this storyline? Because I say? just want to talk about Jeff going to visit Elaine in the mental oh, hospital. Oh, here we go. It's not a mental hospital. And I... That did not sit right with me one little bit. You got really annoyed. This this annoyed no. me, right? You got annoyed. You kept asking me questions, like, how is he doing this? How is he doing that? And I told you the answers. Then you went on our Facebook group and said, I don't know how this happened. And everybody told you what I already told you. And you didn't believe me when I told you, but you believed them when they told you on the Facebook group. I just... It just didn't feel right. It... It was it was great for the shock value of him turning up going, oh, what's he going to do? But when you put an ounce of thought into it, it's like, no, that wouldn't make sense. And and things were written very, explained away far too quickly. So 
we we yeah. got to see a shot it's of like, him taking, holding this pass, this Philippa's pass up to the Pauline. key card reader. Pauline, sorry, Philippa's someone else, isn't she? That's Elaine. Yeah. Um, and then he's on the phone to Pauline saying, oh, thanks. Oh, I forgot my card again. How scatterbrained of me. Anyway, love, see you later. So it's like... A, well, he we was spe- saying, I'll give you the pass back in a minute. I just needed to get in somewhere. Thanks for lending it to me. Are we supposed to believe that he's in a relationship with Pauline as well? No, because he said, thanks very much. You're going to definitely be my star... It's, guest yeah. on my radio show so basically she's just some kind of radio dj groupie or or somebody who who thinks of jeff as a colleague and therefore to be trusted because he works in hospital but i also saw some people getting confused and i think very understandably so and thinking that pauline was the woman that he's been dating but that's actually christine. christine is it yes who's also not been developed as a character at all so it's no wonder people might have been thinking that well, and getting confused. The easier and way also, around that would have been to have made the person he borrowed it from a man, but I think we're try we're establishing Jeff as, as somewhat of yeah. a charmer. Yeah. So it was a woman for that reason. Yeah. And also a huge problem I have with this is how did he know that she was there? Because he spied on her out the window. But how does she, he know? He's been watching her from a bush. She was admitted to this um facility facility last week supposedly and then how how does he know that she's there he's not oh, been oh for god's sake no that doesn't make sense i'm sorry what? yeah but no. No no no, no 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 there's a difference between we're not told this information and this is an impossible thing for the character to have done it's this is not an impossible thing you just have not been told why and i agree with you it's frustrating and there definitely it, it could have been done better but it is not without the realm of possibility that Jeff knew because he followed somebody or somebody who works there told him because he's obviously in with people because he's bo- he's, he's got ingratiated himself to the extent he can borrow somebody's clearer. car. I think they should have made it clearer how he knows I, because people were one... I'm not. I'm, I was legit confused after watching oh, legit this. Confused. and And if... And if I am, and I kind of, I pay quite close attention to Coronation Street because I have to talk about it for many hours each week. You don't then have to. other people were going to be confused <laughs> as well. And I think that Coronation Street All should right. have recognised this and made it more obvious. Or they should have shown him sneaking about. It reminded me very much of that time. There's a lot to get through this week. I know. Do well, we that... really need to have somebody explain? Yes. I don't, it reminded I me of a little bit when fine. Phelan finds yeah. that um, Seb is being harboured by Nicola and Gary in her flat that one time and we get to see how he gets to find out and he follows Sarah or something, I can't remember. And there's there's no just, you know, um, Seb's there in, his, in Nicola's flat playing his video games and then Phelan just comes in just because he knows that he's there. We get to find out how he knows that he's there. And that, that was what was that needed was missing, here. That was missing, but I think it's such a... Small and 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 did she actually see him? I think maybe she did, and he has been casing the joint out, but I don't know for sure, so that doesn't make sense to me. And um, how does he know where her room is? And with the fact that there weren't any nurses there, the fact that there appeared to be no CCTV, or he hadn't considered the (laughs) fact that there might be CCTV when he is Mr. CCTV spying everybody. Um, the fact forget, that there was a lock on the inside of her room, which wouldn't have necessarily uh, been a very good thing to have in that kind of facility. Yeah, well, that was just because the set was that way. And he was he was being loud and abusive oh, to her God. face with apparently no care in the world yeah, as yeah. to who might be listening. Well, don't I'm forget. Sorry, these are my concerns about don't this. Don't forget that he knew that 
Elaine was around because Jack, because um, Tim told him. He told him that morning. So if Elaine's been but saying... But then did, then did if Elaine's Tim been saying, go I've to been see... Seeing him, Tim went to go and see her that day. So if she's did been he, saying, I've been imagining... Did he tell... He told Jeff after he'd visited Elaine or before? Um, before. So Jeff could have followed him? No, because Jeff was in court. Jeff couldn't have followed him. And and Elaine has been saying, I've been seeing Jeff around for you know, a few days, but not he just worked, this but it's morning. Not, well, that's not weird, because he works at the hospital. I, 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 just, I know you've got problems with it. I Normally I it like to nitpick well as well. Written. I just think there's so much else to talk about. If they spent like a minute or two on explaining how Jeff got in to see Elaine, yeah, okay, then you wouldn't have all these questions. But what else would we have missed, missed out on? There was a lot to get through. It felt like it was drama for the sake of drama, as was her... No, because... The, the outcome of it with her saying, oh, Tim, I don't think I can testify anymore. It was a, it was a cliffhanger for Wednesday. No, because it was to re-establish she... her character and remind everybody of the stakes for her as a person and, and what a hold he had on her. I know we already knew this, but they have to remind people, especially considering we're coming up to the 60th anniversary and they are hoping people are going to tune in who haven't seen the show before. Mm. Well, it's You have to reintroduce characters like, like that, and that, that was a quite neat way of doing that it. That was my only problem with it. Maybe, well, I'm in a bit of a complaining mood and this is not a big complaint at all. Ugh. A bit too much of tonight's episode was characters just recounting things that happened and I'm like, I know you I watched You like that because you didn't have to take notes. I didn't have to take any notes. I just wrote, Yasmin describes what has happened to her this year. But again, year. Isn't, that, isn't that, you know, Coronation Street going, hello newbies, this is what you've yeah, missed. Yeah, 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 certainly, certainly. I, I just don't know that they could have been shortened or, or done or, <laughs> Well, see, I know, but the thing is, though, Yasmin goes on the standing and says, well, if you want to know, you should have watched the episode in May when this happened. <laughs> Can you tell me, Ms. Metcalf, in 30 seconds or less, what's, you been, what's been going on in your house this past year and a half? Anyway, I, 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 I was complaining mode over. I really, really did enjoy this <laughs> story. I thought that every single actor involved in it did a fantastic performance. Um, this is like when I got mad about the fact that the flowers, the fake flowers, weren't corn flowers, and I spent ages complaining about what. It's the... that. It's Kevin's plastic <laughs> apple. It's nobody yeah. has their laptop plugged yeah. in. Yeah, you got told off thing. for plugging I your laptop in. I did get told in. off on the Facebook group today, or not today, earlier this week. I was. It was pointed out to me. Thank you very much. That maybe I shouldn't I have my laptop this. plugged in all the time because it doesn't do the battery any good. And actually. I have not been using my laptop plugged in quite so much this week. I've been trying out. I've been I've been going um, commando. I've I've been going commando. Laptop commando. I've not had it plugged in all the time. It is plugged in now. But yeah, I've been oh, enjoying the new freedom. It has been. Um, you can fling your laptop me. around in all manner of. Yeah, and this positions. is a nice new light laptop. By the way, Imran's yes, got a new laptop. We're just about to say Imran's, Imran's like fruity laptop is no more. Um, I or does he get a rental one for court? I don't know. This is not appropriate for court situations. It's far too frivolous. Far too colourful. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody takes me seriously. I've just worked out it's because of my laptop. And, and I'm uh, attracting the attentions of uh, of some of the other guys that are working here. They're passing me love notes. And like, no, I'm not getting... It's not your laptop. It's your good <laughs> looks and the way you wear your barrister's outfit and wig. Let's, I think... An hour yeah. and a quarter into it, we've probably said a bit of enough about this story yeah, now, and probably. it's not even the only huge story this, this week. This is the big story. So let's move on to the Ray story. Okay, so on Monday, 
Sally and Tim are supposed to be signing the house over to Roxy. Ooh, this afternoon. But Sally's like, oh, maybe we sh- we don't need to move if Jeff's going to move after all. So at the hotel, Debbie. Oh, I'm not trying to trick you up with my notes here where I've written Debbie is surprised to see Debbie with Ray. I mean, Faye. Faye is surprised Something. to see Debbie and Ray together. Faye is surprised oh, to see Debbie with says, Ray. Oh, That's she's right. just trying to apply for the assistant manager's job. But I said, I've already got somebody. And um, Debbie kind of gives him a dirty look and walks off. Mm-hmm, and right. I remember now. And Faye says, I think that Sally and Tim are staying where they are. And then, f- and, and she says that Sally doesn't really want to move. And the only place she would, wa- she would want to go is Hale Barnes. And he says, whoa, funny you should mention that. I think I've got the perfect place. And and she's like, oh, thanks. And he's like... No, she says, how could I ever thank you? And why would like, she say that? It's weird. And he says, I'm sure you can think of a way. And then he goes, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And then he kind of looks pervy at her, I mm. guess. So, Sally's looking at this Hale Barnes place and there's a 20% discount if they sign up today. And there's a pool and everything. This Is there a chimney? That's going to be the clincher. To well, Sally, I think you can bring your own chimney. <laughs> um, so, oh, I, oh, I'm uh, so confused about how they can afford this place. If they're selling their place for like, what was it? hundred and... Well, I think Ray's willing to pay above Anything. the odds if, uh, I know, but didn't, if push comes to shove. How much did somebody say? Oh, no, Sally said that her house was 150. Something like that, Didn't yeah. she? Like, how can you move to someone? Is it Hell Barnes is in Cheshire, right? Isn't it? Yeah. It's somewhere posh. And they're getting a pool. I don't know how this is. Just like with... (laughs) She's got all our man money. Just like the way that... She's kept the chain and sold it on eBay. Just like how you had a problem with (laughs) Jeff being able to get into a secure psychiatric wing of a hospital. I'm questioning the, uh, (laughs) the way that they've done the... What am I talking about? How they've been able to afford this new house no, I'm, in Hellbarns. Yeah, the real estate Never prices. mind, I, that doesn't bother me. No, I don't care either anymore. Faye tells Craig about Ray singing her praises and Craig's a bit suspicious about all of this. Yeah, he, he does use the word sus, which oh, I've learned from Among Us. he's been playing Among Us, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, Greg, I sus. Roxy leaves Sally's and everybody... Th- this is when Across we see Roxy, like, huh? That's Roxy. We very, thought Debbie was Roxy. Very glamorous looking woman, but he, she doesn't speak. So I don't know how anybody heard her on the end of the phone. <laughs> Perhaps they picked it up and, then, and she was like... <laughs> oh, Who it's knows? Roxy. Um, they, is, is she actually bigger from the Muppets? Is that what he sounds like? Roxy leaves Sally's. Everything's been sorted out. Abby thinks it's very suspicious because she knows that Roxy is a friend of, Me- of Ray's. And that he's in with Jeff and she tells all this to Debbie and Debbie's like, nah, you're just being crazy. Sounds like you're on drugs. (laughs) Faye goes to... um, Ray's hotel room. Yeah. Oh, God. Poor Faye. She's so innocent. Like This is the thing that people, that I guess older people, especially men, don't get. You trust people when you're young. You shouldn't do, especially if you're a young girl, because you're also told to be nice to everybody. So she goes in there, and Ray answers the door in his dressing gown, and she's like, oh, dear. You know, 
all of my womanly training means I have to kind of make excuses for him and pretend this isn't really happening. So she sits down and he, he basically makes her drink loads of wine. He's there, it's grim, isn't it? It's he's, a bit like with, with the, how he was with Michelle, basically. He's yeah. there in his very short dressing gown with his, with his chest Exposed. All out on display. Being very casual about it. I'm just it. gonna go and have my You can stay here and get drink the wine. <laughs> he just wants her to get a little bit tipsy while he's, of course, sudding himself up in the shower. Of course. So, you know, she's already subservient to him because she is trying to please him because she's employed by him. I think we all know there's a power dynamic going on here. But there have been a lot of discussions. Well, there's been a few discussions on our Facebook group about how do you actually define what's happened to to fight in the situation because to cut a long story short she drinks lots of wine and she ends up having slept with him mm. it's um, also hard to know is that the sort of thing that Faye would have done because she's not you know the deepest of characters she's not been the most developed of characters you don't always know how she would react no, to a I certain guess that you situation can't say yeah no Faye would never do this no Faye is still a fairly blank slate um it really shouldn't go without saying, though, that Ray is in the wrong here. Whether or not you think his grooming or rape or, you know, taking advantage in inverted commas, I don't really want to get into semantics about things because obviously people have lots of passionate reasons for thinking what they do about what actually happened. And that's something that everyone can discuss amongst themselves. But clearly uh, she has... She regrets what happened, and yeah, he, he has he's, shown himself yet again to be a sex pest, mm. sexual harassment. And and he did con- he did try and persuade her, didn't he? He wasn't just like, "Hey, come to bed, look at me, look at my lovely hairy chest." He was like, "Well, if you wanna if you wanna keep this assistant manager's position, if you wanna go up in the well, world, yeah, exactly." I'm not saying obviously, I'm not saying. Oh, I don't know if this was right or wrong. It's clearly wrong. Yeah, but everybody has a different. Like, I think that we we're moving on in our understanding as a society and a whole of like what actually rape is and what, you know, what does, what is consent and how, you know, how do you know if someone's consented to something or not just because they didn't say yes or no is, I know some people find it confusing and I don't want to this, I don't want this to be a, a podcast where we harangue people for not thinking something and not something else. It was grubby and, and violent grubby. and actually quite shocking when it happened as well. Because the thing is about not, it... Yeah. But also, I, I, and I'm not victim-blaming in any way, oh, okay. but the, the, the fact that she was so quick to do that when she was going out with lovely Craigie as well. I don't understand how that happened quite so fast, but, you know, we didn't see everything that happened. No, and, and I also find, I find it very interesting that she is in pretty much the same situation as Anna was when Phelan took her to the hotel and said that if you well, sleep with clearly, me... Yeah, that was clearly like, he says it was a transaction. Yeah. We say it was rape. She didn't want to sleep with him, but she was forced Transaction to. was the word that he, he used, wasn't use it? He did that word, yeah. Transaction! I think that men in the past and some women have seen this as a, you know, a legitimate transaction where... A woman doesn't want to sleep with a man, does to get something that she wants that the man won't give her unless he sleeps with her. We know now this is wrong Mm. and disgusting and horrible and should never happen. It still happens because people like Ray haven't, you know, quite got the memo and and he gets away with it. This, to me, was reminding us, you know, we we don't want you to forget that Ray is is like this. Ray is, is you know, a, a 
you might call him a rapist he's a, he sexually harasses women at work he takes advantage of people he clearly doesn't care about the fact that she's young and she uh probably didn't really want to sleep with him i think that it would be easy to forget that he had that scene with with um michelle because it happened so long ago i mean it was like last year yeah and he's such a charming and engaging actor and he plays rave really well that you know even i was like oh, i kind of like ray he's kind of cool and now he's done this and you're like oh yeah it, it was he's uh, evil it was a surprise. I definitely didn't know this was going to happen this week. And when we saw her with, you know, in the in the post-coital bed position with a duvet tucked up uh, under her chin, I was like, oh, blimey, I wasn't expecting that. But I suppose, in a way, it wasn't just a necessary sleaze. It was to tie into what's going to happen next week in the anniversary. And it's just a final reminder before the, the big push next week that he's not just knocking down the, the houses to build this big block of flats. He's also a massive sex pest. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I've heard people saying, you know, well, she knew what she was doing or she didn't have to sleep with him or, she, you know, she's she's doing it for a reason. But the question you have to ask yourself is, had she not have done that, what were the implied consequences for her? Mm. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, also the other thing about it is it's specifically Faye. And we know that... You know, Tim, Tim and Sally are involved in selling their their place to Ray, and you've mm. got Craig who's investigating Ray, and obviously Gary as well. Yeah, who's his, his right hand sister. man? Yeah, and it's his sister. So I mean, I think that the, the, the not a, only is a, it was, was a this a reminder character to pick here. it was, but it also did make me think. Ray, you're playing a very dangerous game here. What do you think Gary is going to say if he finds this out? Which he probably will. Yeah. I mean, you're in a soap, so it's obviously going to come out, yeah, but yeah. It, it, you're taking a massive risk here. That And that... Faye's going to feel guilty and try to excuse what happened or defend his, you know, probably try to defend Ray almost to try and protect herself for what she's... Well, when, when, know, I don't know when Craig saying. comes round later, she starts railing at him, doesn't she? And and saying, oh, I can't remember what, what, what it is she says, but... Um, she basically tells him they should split up because he's nagging at her or something. Yeah, when really she's just trying to, I don't want to, I can't be around you at the moment because You're I feel, feel so bad, guilty yeah. about what I've done. I've, um, yeah. I've, I've been off with another guy when you're my... You're my fella. It's a really, this is a really difficult thing to talk about without trying to make it sound like you're sympathising with the wrong people. But I like to, I like to talk about how different people react to different things and what... I mean, Ray probably doesn't really think he's done anything wrong. He probably thinks it's like, well, she got what she wanted, I got what I wanted, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, he's that kind of guy. Yeah. And, um... I don't, yeah, and sex is different for men than it is for women, obviously. He, yeah, he, he's Especially seen someone that she's youngest quite enamoured by him, and she's been one of the few people on the street that has stuck by him all of this year, so he thinks that by doing this, oh, he's, he's so you know, sealing the deal, as, oh, as it were. Grim, isn't it? So he's all pleased with himself. He's cocky as. A bastard. Um, so, Faye, Faye's just kind of, like, Abby brings Ray up, and she snaps at Abby, and Craig says, I'm keeping an eye on Ray, because he's up to something, and, and um, she's like, you know, and he says, I saw something I shouldn't have seen in his office, and then Debbie tells Ray that Abby has been poking her nose in, and she sneaks into the office and starts rooting about, and then she yeah, gets Abby caught by she? Ray, and he's like, she says, why are you so interested in all the properties? And he's like, why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to phone the police. 
This was another quite pivotal moment for the week, really, wasn't it? The fact that Abby has been the one. I mean, Craig was really the one, but he 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 couldn't go around telling everybody willy nilly about what he found because well, he Ray had him over a barrel. Have, yeah, but Abby, really nobody puts her in the corner. So now that she knows, she's going to get. Well, she's uh, she's going to you know tear off her mechanic's robes, and there's going to be the superwoman costume underneath there and i'm so thrilled that abby is being set up as the hero for the 60th anniversary week i don't think i can ever get tired of abby being the hero i just love it oh it's, and in the yeah. same way as you know when um cory really embraced the fact that kate was a selfish cow and then just ran with it i think they're doing it with abby as well i don't think she was always originally going to be a heroic character I but think, they've seen yeah, that they've given her people that role just love it they love it so it's always going to be abby so well she as does well it so, she's such, so well she reminds she's like a plucky little like she reminds me of like dick whittington or something like mm. like this kind of kind of semi camp like boy character who runs around and saves people yeah she's Slapping brilliant her thigh. yeah exactly so He's going to call the police. She runs away before he can, but she's stolen some paperwork. She goes back and she doesn't realise, nobody does yet, that Debbie's on Ray's side. So she tells Sally, Kevin and Debbie about his plans. That She's found this invoice for consultancy fees, the tower blocks that he's having built... And then you've moved the notes. I'm sorry. So I can't see what I was you, reading. Don't you remember all of this? Why, why are you... Where? We're on, we're, on, we're on Wednesday, we're... No. Oh, no, we're on Wednesday. Sorry, I thought we were on Wednesday or Monday. I'm not paying attention. Sally phones the council, her council friend, and finds out that there's a pre-planning application has already been approved and they're going to knock down half of Coronation Street. Oh, no. Don't and, worry. And Debbie's the, there it's, going... It's the new half. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. <laughs> they put together the pieces and they, work, they realise that, you know, everything. Debbie's looking anxious. Ray says... Ray, uh, Debbie says Ray's going to win over her dead body. And then Debbie goes and says... Yeah, I can't. This is all going wrong. Everyone's about to find out. Um, you've got to tell the other investors what we're going to do about Abby. And he says, "I'll sort her out." So yeah, on Wednesday they've they've kind of worked out that Ray's developing the side of the street. He's also developing Hale Barnes. That was the reason they got that sweet deal on a pool. Abby tells David, and he's like, "What? What do you mean? How could he have made a sinkhole in my garden?" But it doesn't take him long before he's completely wholeheartedly, mm. you know, conspiracy theory. David, like, yeah, he did make a sinkhole in my garden, as improbable as that sounds. Um, everybody needs to be on board with her to try to stop Ray from getting his investors. So they're going to have a pre-press launch at the at the hotel, and Debbie and Ray are talking about it. Poor she Ray says, "Towers, yeah." Well, to 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 get people on board, and she's like, oh, I don't think we should go ahead with this. Craig apologizes to Ray, to Faye for um being you know talking. I don't know what he's apologizing for. It says I just don't like the fact you're working for Ray, and he says about the plans, and she gets mad because they've already sold the house. Um, then they have <laughs> this kind of like. <laughs> it's like the the students in Les Mis like convert converging to to like overthrow the evil landlords. Well, it's all it's all of the you know the big names, isn't it? It's, it's all the people it's who Roy honestly should Deb. actually it's also the be. It's all the people David. that should be welcoming this with open arms. <laughs> I've got so many problems with this story, but I'll get to this in a minute because it's kind of stupid. Um, yeah, they kind of all stand around in the garden at a nice distance from one another and talk about the fact that they don't want this to happen without actually saying why. 
because I think that they think it goes without saying, but it doesn't, unfortunately. Then we get a message from Debbie, who's trying to bamboozle everybody and telling them that Ray's doing the press launch at the hotel. So they all rush off, and unfortunately, when they get there, he's not there because he's got everybody to the bistro and he's giving everybody a tour. And he's like, "Look at all this peasant housing and slums and horrible corner shops with not disgusting things in the window that I don't think have been changed for twenty years, even though the set hasn't been there for that long. <laughs> Let's knock it down and build a hotel." And they're all like, "Yeah, sounds brilliant," but then. They all kind of like, um, yeah, he tells Debbie it's going well, but then <laughs> they all rush back from the hotel and they start rabble rousing and Ray, Roy's like, he's a liar and a cheat and he's going to get, take away people's homes and destroy the factory, which is the place that where everybody works around here and there won't be any jobs when he builds this giant hotel and leisure complex <laughs> that employs people from I don't know where. And then... Also, Abby, gets exci- Abby gets excited and goes, he's a sex case, <laughs> which I've never heard anybody described <laughs> as. But, you know, let's use that from now on. Then they start singing We Shall Not Be Moved. And uh, and uh, Ray says, I'll give 50 grand to anybody who's not sold up yet. And David says, hang on a minute. Well, I want 50 grand. And Ray's, David has sold up, yeah. hasn't he, at this and point? Ray he's says, one of the few that has signed on the dotted yeah. line. And Ray says, there you go. That's exactly what I think of your community spirit. That's exactly what happens. So anyway, see you later. <laughs> um, everybody goes and, and tries to gang up on Gary and says, have you been? Have you sold the factory? And he says, yeah, I have. I was offered a good price and I don't care. Um, they're all like disgusted. It, it was Sarah, David and Adam who asked about this. And then... Um, David and Sarah summon Audrey because just to remind everybody the side of the street that Ray wants to b- to build on there how it, do you do that are. do you have to stand in the mirror and make the Audrey noise three times mm? and then she appears mm? Mm? and then she appears behind you she goes, and she goes mm. <laughs> so you've got the cabin and which is owned by Brian and Kathy and Rita's flat above it and they say they have not been contacted and done anything then you've got the garage which belongs to Kevin who's already had to sell it because of what Abby did when she blew up Ray's car then you've got the factory which is owned by Gary he says he's already sold it you've got David's house which he has already sold it then you've got Sally and Tim's house which they were in the process of selling and I guess I don't know whether they have signed it over yet or not then you've got Jeff who wants to get out and he's sold he's agreed to sell to get money under the table mm. then it's audrey's yeah and then it's maria's it's owned by maria and claudia and audrey owns the flat above and she's she comes and tells sarah and, and david <laughs> I've, yeah i'm doing it i'm selling the flat claudia and maria selling the salon and this i'm going to use the money that we've seen audrey for many I know, a month I said, oh, it's this audrey, is her post lockdown return she and i don't for the first think she rubbed a lot of viewers up the wrong way and she goes yeah i don't i don't care really i'm using the money to do up the salon at my um barber shop um and they're basically going grand how could you how could you do this and she says don't tell me about loyalty and can't stand in the way of progress, David. Well, she said, you know, if you get to my age, you realise, you know. And she's, from her perspective, I, I know people got really mad, but I thought she was brilliant. She's the only one talking any sense. She has seen that side of the street change several times. It's not really, like, It feels it's not to really us a that surprise. it's been static. Yeah. Because it, it has been for 30 years almost. Having watched all the episodes of Coronation Street that I've seen this year, watching all the vintage and classic ones, it's like, yeah... That that side of the street isn't actually permanent at all. It's it's changed loads of times in the first thirty years. It's only like really when they built the Masonettes that it felt like they'd finally settled on something to keep there permanently. Mm. Um, Audrey comes in and says, "Yeah, whatever. 
you know, it was a, it was a flat. I I can get the money. She's she's old. She she can spend her money how she wants. She's already been backstabbed by her family, and the ghoul that they've got to come to her to ask her to not sell up when he's already sold his house. I just, you know what I mean. I, I, I was more disappointed by it than you. I, I was. I was just I think, thought she I was, was I was great. thinking that Audrey would come in, and it'd be a nice Audrey scene. I mean, oh yeah, it's no, Audrey. I think she's but people, right. I think it, I think they would have known that her saying that would have. I I want to talk more about that in a minute. Made the disappointment. Okay. Oh, go on then. So that yeah, they're mad, and then they um that we're reminded that he might have everything else, but he hasn't got. The cabin, and he hasn't got Brian and Kathy's flat. Or Rita's flat. Or Rita's flat. So, um, David, David's worried about this. Everyone else seems to think it's fine. Brian's like, well, I'm, I'm not going to sell, so there's nothing to worry about, really. Yeah, he can't build it on my ha- on on property I own without my permissions, and I'm not going to give it to him. So, there's nothing they can do. Then on Friday we have another little meeting, and he and Roy says, I found out the brewery up the road used to be. Um, a meeting place for the suffragettes and so if we get it listed for historical importance they won't be able to knock it down then we see because that yeah because i don't know when whether a wednesday was the first time that they mentioned that he's also bought the brewery but it certainly seems new so to me when it was mentioned i think that he has brought the bought the brewery and that's not that's not um that's, that's nuttall's not the, brewery yeah which, they don't not, they don't supply beer at the it's rovers. really i've always thought this is weird that there's a brewery literally across the road from the rovers and they don't get their beer from well, that's there. the thing it's not always been there because when in the 90s they had they went to see nuttall's brewery jack and uh, i think it was jack went to then it was in town so it's it's not it's not been um they get their beer from newton and ridley there. which is somewhere else yeah so um that yeah, that Ray's uh, Roy's pretty confident that they'll you know it takes a mere matter of moments to register a place of historical importance, and uh, it, easier to do that than it is to knows, get a blue tick on Twitter. I tell you that. Yeah, bloody hell! And also, everybody knows how developers care a lot about these things. <laughs> I think um, quite often they like bulldoze stuff and then just pay fines, don't they? I don't know how. I think it's a bit different with listed properties. I don't know. I think it's a bit more the heftier fine. Then we see. Well, it seems that Ray's just got an an unlimited pot, of, pot money. of money. Yeah, he's oh, he's nice. got a sinkhole full of it. Uh, when I was little, I went. Do you remember the? Do you remember these those old um, like swimming cases you used to be able to get to put money in, and it was like a waterproof thing on a string, yeah. like a like a little barrel thing. I bought one of those from a zoo, and I put fifteen pounds in it, mm. and. When I was when when I went to my granddad's house, if I spent money, he'd always put it back in. Aww. So I, I thought I had a magic <laughs> renewing money pot. <laughs> Perhaps that that's the exactly reason. What he's... Explains a lot about my. Uh, I just say, spending. Ray, why can't you just be happy with what you've got? You've clearly got a nice little nest egg there. Why can't well, you just leave people alone? You've got lots of houses. Right, Debbie put something already. in Kevin's car, and we don't know what it is. You have just stumbled across one of the problems I have with this story, and it, and that is. What is the motivation that Ray has to knock this place down? Other than what money? It's a good location. He doesn't like Abbey. I mean, he doesn't like how the whole street has turned against him this year because he's he's coming and he's bought the bistro and which used to be you know a real focal point for the street, but it's everyone's going to go into speed dial and and everybody hates Ray. And I think in in a way it's getting revenge. It's like well. 
I could build a new hotel anywhere, but actually this place is all right and it would also really pee off the residents, so I'm going to do it. I just don't think, if you're a businessman, that you should that's your motivating factor, and especially when you know the residents will um, oppose you and it's going to cause you a headache. You'd avoid that, wouldn't you? That's illogical. Um, I also don't... I mean... This is the trouble about Coronation Street this year. Because of the pandemic and COVID and stuff, we haven't been able to have as many community scenes as we have ha- would have had before. No. So, so the work that they should have been doing to establish this community spirit ha- has, has been missing. And I know that it should go without saying that they, you know, we want to save the street and stuff. But really logically thinking about it, I just don't think these characters would care that much. It's funny because we've not long ago watched the episode from 1989 where the community centre gets knocked down and they and it's when they were moving set, wasn't it? They literally brought in a wrecking ball and it was quite exciting and all the all the characters were watching from the other side of the street as this car- as this building gets demolished and they're going, oh, that's, that, isn't that sad? And, and Percy yeah, gets a bit maudlin because he used to be the caretaker at the flat. Yeah. But there were certainly no Maybe people like going, saying, oh, save the, said, save oh, the community centre ruin it's going to ruin the show you know obviously as 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 like viewers of coronation street we're supposed to not want him to do this because it's going to mean a lot of the characters it's, move it's away iconic. yeah is it <laughs> i guess so it is now but because it's what, been in it so long my point is at the end of if he were to knock down everything and even if he wasn't to replace it with anything we would still be left with exactly what we started with if they were going to knock down the other side of the street with the corner shop on one end and yeah, the yeah. rovers on That'd the other that has been there for 60 years, that would be and significant And longer in the canon me. of the show. In the canon of the show, yeah. But we've watched this for 60 years. This same, it's not been the same set, but it's the same street, it's the same layout, it's the same shop, it's the it's got it's got historical significance. I suppose it's also and the that's idea that still going to be there. So why would I? I'm not that. I'm not as invested in this as Coronation Street seems to want me. It's to also be. the fact that the person running this complex is a massive pervy sex pest. I know, but I think that they put that in so like, oh yeah, he's not actually that. Like why? Yeah, I think but he they'd... was a massive pervy sex pest to Michelle before to there was Michelle. even a <laughs> even a, a glimmer of this this story. In well, the I'm not going to defend him for that, obviously. But that's not a reason for me to care that he's knocking down a street. Mm. Like, when... They're not really explaining why... They haven't said anything particularly about why they care. They've said reasons why he shouldn't do it. Like, you're going to deprive people of their livelihoods, to which the answer is obviously, no, I'm not, because I'm building a place that will have more jobs, probably. And how many times have you told me that you're on the brink of bankruptcy in this stupid factory? Mm -hmm. I don't, like... That that doesn't make any sense. All the people that live on there, apart from David, kind of want to move. David David was worried about moving when he thought that Shona wanted to stay, but Shona told him she doesn't care because she doesn't have any memories of that place. Mm. So, so happy, he's li- happily sold up. So, he, so really, if he moved, it wouldn't that be that big of a deal. His gran already doesn't live anywhere near him. Mm-hmm. I don't know where Gail lives. Yeah, she lives still. She lives there. She lives there they could yeah. just move somewhere else together. They all live in a unit together. Oh, it just it just seems to me like Yeah, the the obviously the implication is there that we, we care and, and it would be annoying if you lived there and it would be upsetting if these characters weren't together. But it's not really it's not like something that I think is a sixtieth anniversary story it's, because they haven't worked hard enough to 
to to remind us of these bonds. Mm. It's um it's interesting the parallels of... the very obvious parallels that this story has to the fortieth anniversary. Yeah. When they were trying to tarmac over the cobbles. I'd be and more mad the... about that. Yeah, and and exactly, and the the cobbles are obviously in many ways smaller than a whole row of houses well, but they're equally they are but they have bigger. cultural yeah like it's the character of the street isn't it they they'd be robbing and, and like you know it's I, a very it's a, yeah. I completely see what you're saying that we haven't been given enough reason to care about it but I'm for some reason in my head I'm willing to put that aside and go yeah save the street I don't want Ray to I don't want Ray to be you know overlord of that side of the street I, I that that's not bothering me quite so much i just I'll happily they, they fly my done... flag with ray with roy and dev and all that yeah I'm, i'll go along I like with those it. characters i'll go along with it but I, I just i feel like there's a real big emotional tug that's missing that i i really think think i should feel more so perhaps because we talk about it all the time you know we watch every episode we've seen so many episodes all this all all throughout you know as much as we can like, of all the people that should care about this, it should, you know, we should the most. But I don't care. I think it'd be quite exciting to see if he put something else in there, to be honest. I think it's part of Coronation Street's tradition that that, that side of the streets changes sometimes. Mm. Um, I think that they could have put a few more lines in here and there throughout the year about community spirit, especially considering that many people during coronavirus have found solace in their neighbours not we have but like my, my <laughs> we've my seen friend. our neighbours more this year than we ever yeah. have at a distance I know during lives the in a house across the street from us now which I didn't know before but that was partly because you backed into their car yes thank you uh, <laughs> so like like my friend who lives in Bournemouth she li- I think she lives in a cul-de-sac and like at some points they were you know play- the kids were playing tennis with each other and things like that or you know chatting with each other and talking and sharing groceries and things they haven't been able to do that on the street and they haven't, but, but they could have done, they could have been like, oh, you know, Aggie, well, I'm going to send Aggie a coupon to get her hair cut for free because she's a nurse or the other... I, I, I heard that Roy's making a hamper for Audrey because she can't, you know, because she's isolating. Or... I suppose the other thing with the community angle as well is that it's, it's very well been advertised recently that now Coronation Street has got 70 members of their cast in the, up from the 12, 13 in the original and yet there's only a pocket of like six seven characters that seem to care yeah so it's not just that the, they haven't built up the reason why we should care it's like the majority of characters don't care. don't care and surely the message would have been spread abby would have and, and dev and david would have tried to rally more people to their cause but it, it's a bit of a yeah a sad small number of people and, and i'm and sure that's bunch. going to that's going to be an awful lot to do with the covid restrictions well i and think I they'll add more people next week they, they, they will and, and one of the one of the bits of um press that i say i haven't seen the trailer but we've seen the photograph haven't we the poster for next week and there's 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 ray and debbie and then there's some of the resistance that we saw and there are more characters than we saw this week so there will be more but um, I, I feel that had we not had coronavirus and the storyline was still going ahead, we'd have the, the vast majority of the cast there, you know, having a sit-in or I know, or I just think to... that they knew this was going to happen all year. They knew this was their story. They could have put a bit more... They could have made a bit more of an effort. I think they've taken it for granted that we we think, you know, this is something worth saving. They've and been I mean, in a very difficult is... situation, but I, I, know. I know what you mean. I know what it you is... mean. It, it, they've taken too much for granted. 
the other thing that I'm confused about is the reaction of some of the the like business owners. Like if I was if I was um Dev or Roy, I'd be like, brilliant, yeah, bring it on, more people, more business for my shops. But I I don't know. I mean, I, I'm thinking we, we don't know the details about what the shops are going no, to be that are there. But if he's going to put in a you know try and get a fresh go express well, we said, in there or, we said these things or, or we whatever, then. Roy and Dev are going to risk losing money and I think that's what we're supposed to be getting from that but if you were if you were Ray wouldn't you say stuff like oh well no don't worry about it I'm, I'm going to give like I'm going to recommend your shop to my my guests or I'm going to use I'm going to use your catering facilities or like Tracy yeah you can provide the flowers for my foyer so much about this doesn't really make any it's like he's trying to annoy them on purpose mm. when it is of no benefit to him whatsoever uh, to do yeah. that but I, I can put all that aside and honestly I, I don't really mind it I, a few other things that I'm not I'm not too sure about well so, so we haven't seen any of Kathy for a while have we no. and um, I'd be interested to know what she thinks about this and Brian was adamant at the end of Wednesday's episode well we're not selling up so we're, so it's fine but one of the things that we saw from Kathy a couple of months ago was that she was worrying that she was losing shifts at the kebab shop so maybe she could be tempted by this fifty grand, but is it too little? To is it too late now? We're literally two, two episodes away from the big showdown that's supposed that I assume I don't know. I assume is going to happen on Wednesday next week. I know this is a thing, and, and, like, and, and, every, and things have been snowballing a little bit. I think that with Audrey the selling the, a bit off. with with the salon and the flat and everything, it's been like oh, and that's old as well, and it's it's just yeah. been a little bit quick. Like we've got to sell some more of these before we get to the ninth of December. But I'm I, still, I'm still loving the story. I also and, don't. And Abby yeah, is the story's interesting and the star. They, you know, they. It does mirror the fortieth where they were like save the cobbles, which is a bit more low key. I just, um, I just think they've. I think they've this missed whole, um, the mark. This whole suffragettes in the brewery seems like it could be a bit of a deus ex machina as well. Like it, it's if that's if that's, gonna, if that's, that's not gonna the no ace. that's not gonna happen. How anticlimactic would that be on Wednesday? You know, in his strides, uh, Ray strides with his like you know big bulldozer, and then a man comes and says, "I'm sorry, but actually, I think you'll find you can't knock down this brewery because it's protected." And we're gonna have well, to I, I hope they it. don't. But if they're not gonna they're do not that, going why did they even bother mentioning it in today's episode? Was it just as a little remember this story? We're not really gonna have it as an A story or even a B story today, but we've got to have a couple of scenes just to remind you it's still going on. Much more interesting, I suppose, today was this tease of Debbie putting something in. Yeah, what is I it? I assume Kevin's car. They deliberately didn't show us what it was because no, we watched I mean, it again. No, I don't, I don't know which car is Kevin's. And um, just the fact that it was parked outside of number 13 doesn't necessarily mean it's his either because, as we know, we don't know where the residents of Coronation Street park their cars the majority if, of if the Ray time. If rocked up and said, I'm putting in a multi-storey car park, I think everyone would have gone, brilliant! Yes, that's very true. That's where, that's where he's going wrong. Yeah. If this hotel has got parking, you know, underfloor parking or something, well, then... When they I'd put be promoting that. Underfloor car parking in Harrods, they charge a hundred thousand pounds per space. Mm. So wow. I mean he could have given them a free space <laughs> and priced it at that much. Any theories whatsoever about what Debbie has put in this car? Because they the, the camera work was perfect for concealing or even it, it was something that fit in her pocket, that's all we know. I had no idea, but I've just thought that maybe it's drugs and she's stitching Abby up. 
to try to distract her from from opposing that's a very Ray. good point once she's not where she get them from once Ray's uh, just asked Dr Gaddis <laughs> once once Ray's knocked the houses down it's kind of a moot point about whether anybody agrees or not yeah and we know something's got to happen next week so if if Abby's distracted because she's really the key person because she's not motiv- she's not really motivated by the community spirit so much as I hate Ray he's a bastard mm. let's make sure he doesn't get what he wants if it was drugs, though, I, I I just get a feeling that they might have shown it. The fact that they want to keep it a secret is it's going to be like, aha, here's a massive twist. And and maybe now well, you say drugs. It I, no, I don't know. I've got no theories. But now you say it, drugs is going to be like, oh, OK, they're going back down the Abbey Boone. I'm yeah, sorry, my route. idea wasn't good. No, no, that seems like a very... Boring idea is what you're trying to say. It's Well, maybe. I just, I, I, I'm, I, it has excited me. Maybe it's a little hamster. Maybe. Maybe. Um, and he'll get in his car and go, oh, a hamster! And then, like, drive into a wall or something. And then he'll be in hospital <laughs> and he won't be able to prote- protest. Well, Ke- is Kevin even doing any protesting at the moment? Kevin doesn't bother. Well, he's already sold his place, he's, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he sold his, yeah. Does he... Also, the other thing that somebody pointed out on, face- mad, on the Facebook group is that the factory wasn't even in the factory premises for, like, a long time because they... Had to once the once it got the roof blew up or whatever they had to go to the community centre so they've been there for ages like we've established quite firmly that this is a portable enterprise mm. Mm. so you know Sarah, Sarah's minging and moaning about it just find somewhere else you already had conflict with the landlord who's threatening to put the rent up because he doesn't like you it's obviously not a good place to, just because it's got bean bags. <laughs> um. Anything else to add to this story? Are you, are you like really that down on it, or are you kind of enjoying it I'm, anyway? I'm but you've got problems it. with I'm it. I'm disappointed that Coronation Street is taking for granted stuff, yeah. and I, I I understand why because of because they've been running for sixty years, and if after sixty years you haven't established a community spirit enough to make people mad about wanting to knock down half of the street, then you kind of made a mistake. But because of coronavirus and because of the, how separate people have been, I think that they've missed the fact that they haven't really mm. they haven't had enough community scenes yeah. and like nobody said I'll miss you I don't want to move away you know I I, I like living here they haven't said anything I've, I've missed it am I just being there's been no Gail and Sally said, saying we've been neighbours and best friends uh, for all these what, years honestly that's what I want I want some impassioned speech I don't want Roy shouting about you know what was he saying about gentrification oh, or like yeah. or livelihoods or whatever i don't you know it's that it's a personal emotional connection that we should be feeling to this mm. and because they're not attacking the side of the street that's the most iconic bit it, i need something more than bricks and mortar to be invested in and, and the people aren't doing it for me at the moment because half of them bloody sold up already <laughs> so they can't be that bothered um I'm also a bit disappointed because I thought that Gary was going to be the big supervillain of this year. And I, I'm starting now to think that everyone who told me that he wasn't really a villain I, was right. And he's just going to get away with I killing I think he might get Rick. away with it for a little bit. or that, that I'm sure that Rick will get brought up again. It, it's got to be. It's too dangling a thread. But that if he finds out what Ray has been getting up to with Faye and he turns against him and he, he could yeah, have the power the to stop side. him. He is. And, um, and, and he... Yeah, Gary could very well come out of this man in the roses, and um, the other thing is being the hero alongside Abby. I also don't really understand developments and planning permission, and can you just build a giant 
hotel. I'm, no, I'm really guessing bothered. that you can't. So that's the other thing I'm kind of annoyed about. Is I don't think you can just build a hotel on someone's house. You can in Weatherfield, it's fine. <laughs> let's move on. Let's, let's go on to the next story because, again, this is turning into quite a long episode. Um, Oliver. So Monday, well, this, this is the day after um, Ollie's death, isn't it? And, and we see Nick speaking to David basically on Monday about how sad everything is, how Leanne's inconsolable. But it seems like she's... She's managing to make life go on in some way because she's come back from a walk. She says she's, she's got no time. She totally is, yeah. She's got no time for feeling sorry for herself. She's got stuff to do. She just wants to get this wrapped up. She wants to have the celebration of Oliver's life. No point, you know, sitting moping about it, which is what Steve is actually doing this week. Um, this was really interesting to me because this was like neither of them coping very well particularly but doing completely the opposite thing to one another the, the lack of steve on the monday and tuesday episode and i know steve was in it a little bit on monday did seem odd and i know that, and leanne has been the main parent of this storyline ever since that it started and steve's always been playing second fiddle but it did feel strange that not only did it wasn't just that he locked himself away as we didn't see him being locked away so we I, I felt that we were missing some of his reaction and and simon gregson has been doing a pretty decent job actually in the times that we have seen him recently so it's a shame, yeah, I get what you mean, shame, yeah. shame we didn't get to see more of him um flowers and the cards are coming thick and fast george comes round because leanne summoned him to sort of um, i just want to say this funeral out what um when somebody dies you often will bring around food item or flowers or something to a grieving person and i would suggest having been on the other side of that that you bring a vase because often you run out of vases. <laughs> <laughs> um i just just looking at the notes here's reminded me something that i don't know whether it was picked up on the has got this music box on monday hasn't she and she plays it to george and says oh, i yeah. want this music to be played and they're and trying to put their finger on what it is a, a rap song that he likes to dance to because that's what it morphed into at the end when they yeah play. and that is a song that i kind of semi-recognize but i don't know exactly what it was yeah i don't think that was what was played on the music box so maybe that thread was dropped i don't know or maybe it played some other time and i just didn't notice um <laughs> Tracy finds out from Nick that Leanne is planning this celebration of Ollie's life without Steve, so she's pretty mad about that. Goes and tries and tells Steve, but he, when she sees him, he's like, oh, I can't be dealing with normal life right now. I'm going back to bed. I don't care about Leanne making arrangements. I've said my goodbyes. Let Leanne do her thing. And Tracy doesn't think this is a particularly healthy attitude and says... Look, this. I know you've, you're you're grieving over this, and and you don't need any more sorrow and sadness. But this is supposed to be an uplifting celebration of Ollie's life and all his achievements and all the fun memories that we've got of him. Not some kind of maudlin funeral. But no, he does not care. Some, can I just say as well? You know, everybody can grieve in, in in their own way. But if somebody wants a maudlin funeral, let them have a maudlin funeral. Sometimes that's what you need. Sometimes forced jollity isn't what you want and mm. let's you know have a windmill well more than funerals have stood the test of time to be honest well i'm not criticized like i, I totally understand you do. that you some people want to celebrate some people say don't wear you know don't wear black to my funeral i want everyone to be have a party i want everyone to enjoy and talk about the good times that we had i personally want everyone to be wearing black everything including your underwear you're not allowed in unless you're crying everybody's sad i want people to be wearing veils black hankies crying sobbing you need to get alia to sort your wedding out i think she'd be perfect wedding organizer for this 
maybe crying blood. That's what I want from my funeral. <laughs> so, you know, let everybody grieve in their own way. Um, Nick and David have a bit of a brotherly bonding sesh which we always love on this podcast he says he doesn't think Leanne's ever going to forgive him for having a son and David says look you just need to know where you stand with this so he goes over to see her and she's like okay I I relent I want you as part of Ollie's day Um, and after it's all done then we can discuss our separation and it's like well I thought I thought that you were I I thought you were going to maybe have me back after this and she's like no sorry Sorry, we we can't do it it's I, I can't live with the fact that you've got this son. I couldn't cope with it. Sorry, we're we're over. And which is a message that she repeats on today's episode, doesn't she? Um, on Wednesday, um, the memory box arrives from Ollie, which seemed it. It almost feels a little bit superfluous to it, but um, I did enjoy the the little interactions that we saw with Nick and Leanne on the episode where he tells her, I've got a little surprise for you back at the flat later, come and have a look at this. And it's the fact that he has ordered a memory box for her as well. Really, really sweet scene where he's like, oh, he's like, I, 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 have I got it wrong? I, I'm worried. I don't think I've done I the right thing. And, and Leanne says, yeah. you, you didn't get it wrong. Thank you. Sob, that sob, sob. That was a really, really great scene between Ben and Jane. Loved that stuff. It's really sweet to see him like be vulnerable. And- yeah. Like, he cares so deeply for their relationship and it's so heartbreaking to see how Leanne throwing it away, perhaps too hastily, because she's so her grief is so raw that she can't imagine that she can't imagine moving on at all ever no. and so you know she's she's possibly possibly throwing away a relationship with Nick and Sam mm. yeah it's absolutely. so difficult to watch her doing it, but you can understand why she, why she's doing it yeah and so today was the day of the celebration of Oliver's life can um, you believe they've got the archdeacon I know, I know. Said. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steve's gone a well he turns up at the hospital where he meets a man who's in a similar situation he's got a dying son I think on the I don't ward I think he's necessarily dying particularly a, a sick son yeah. and Steve um, tries to make out that his own son because he says, oh, this is, this is my, son, my son was on this ward, and he says, oh, he's getting there. So he makes out that it's, it's actually yeah, okay well, because no. he didn't want to make this person think that if, guy, if this is the ward yeah. where children come to die. Yes, exactly. The guy's, the guy's, Steve says, oh, I came, I came here because my son used to be in here. And the guy's like, oh, how is he doing? Like this really Dead. heartbreakingly hopeful expression on his face. And you, I can totally see why, why Steve wouldn't want to say, how could you crush somebody like that and say, yeah, yeah. Well, Steve's um, decides after this that he's going to carry on raising money, isn't he? For, I came out of nowhere chil- and went nowhere. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not particularly fussed about seeing. He that, literally really. turned up at the at the the celebration of life. Everybody's already there. He's late. Leanne's there going to Tracy. Well, where's Steve then? As he knew he wouldn't come, and Tracy's like, "Oh yeah, it doesn't look like he's here." Steve wanders out of the of the um of the tram, tram stop. stop. And and they're like, why aren't you dressed? And he says, I'll explain later. But he didn't. And then he says to Leanne, let's raise money for people like us. And I think, I don't know what Leanne said because she talked over her, but she kind of looked like she wasn't into it. And that was it. Well, she just kind of lets him get on with it, really. Well, it's like, yeah, whatever. Go on, go on then. This reminds me of Summer's Speak and Save thing, which yeah. is like, 
what you put a poster up in Roy's roles and that's it it kind of felt like a last ditch attempt from the producers to say support these charities and which is a, a, a very honourable causes obviously no, I know, but I, I would rather, but I the know story's sounds, over but we still want to try feels, and remind people you can support these charities it feels fourth wall breaking but sometimes I wish they'd mention the charities they've actually worked with on the show but then I don't know because I know that they've got like certain thing, rules they have to abide by and you know can they mention one without another or whatever I don't know mm. But, yeah, it just seemed a bit weird, mm. unless it's going to be more to it. Because I really would like to see a character, like, run a charity foundation. What does that mean? No, I'm not interested in that. We we had it with, with someone. We had it with people. No. So someone, kind of... someone made a poster that said, speak and save. And that was it. She came up with a slogan. She made a poster. Had... And that was it. We had the, the factory then, girls then, rallying around trying to raise money for hope when she had cancer. They had people uh, knitting beanies for people that were bald. Li- little sponsored whatevers have been done to, li- to death, really, yeah, on Coronation Street. but that's not Street. what I am talking about. I'm talking about a charity foundation. Mm. I don't know. It, it doesn't float my boat, the well, idea. Well, when I die, you're making a charity foundation for whatever it is that kills me. Fine. Um, mold wine charity Steve foundation Steve isn't the only late arrival wine. at this a few funeral because who else rocks up on his bike but Sam which is great because we haven't seen him for a little while and that's a bit, bit awkward isn't it because as soon as Leanne sees he's there oh, she's man. reminded of everything that's been going on and Nick's got his replacement and son and she strops right over to Sam and I basically tells him it. you're not welcome here she fuck does, off you yeah. little oik she's like no you he's can't not be your here. brother poor Sam he's oh, like I just want to the, say yeah. goodbye to my brother oh this was heartbreaking he was he was like I want to say goodbye um, you know mm. and he was trying to be sweet and everything and he says oh my mum doesn't know I'm here yeah, because Leanne, Leanne immediately thinks that Natasha has oh, sent yeah. Sam, Sam along to, to put the cat among the pigeons. Like evil wake mole. Yeah, wake moles. That's what you're scoring this week's episode uh-huh. out of. Um, so the the service starts. Well, is it a service? I don't know. Leanne says her bit through tears. Oh, She's sad. reminding us all of classic Ollie episodes like the one where he likes the red car. Yeah. And the one where he sees fake cows and says moo. I can't believe how like... much he loved those red cars. <laughs> um, anyway, it goes... There was lots know. of nice pictures of him in the background. There were. It was all very, you know, as you Tracy would expect. Tracy stole some plastic windmills out of people's gardens. Sarah's looking particularly sad because it's reminding her of little Billy. She mentioned... Not Archdeacon Billy. No, Billy, her poor child that she had with Todd. Who, yes, who, who died, died a lot younger baby. than uh, Ollie did, actually. I kind of don't know whether they... I don't know what the, the thought process was behind this, but Sarah was... Sit, so they held, they held this in Victoria Gardens, where else, of course. And so diagonally to that is Costa Coffee. <laughs> And Sarah was sitting there crying with a coffee cup in front of her. Like, she's like, <laughs> can I have a gingerbread latte? <laughs> <laughs> um, and that, that kind of merges into another storyline later, like the Peter and Carla stuff, doesn't it? But anyway, they the, the service finishes. They play this dancey song, whatever it was. I don't know, because I'm not with it. Um, no, the hearse arrives with George. Oh, um, isn't it? The the worst thing is those tiny tiled coffins that yeah. break my heart. It reminds me of that shameless Heaney poem about when his brother died that I had to study at GCSE. Um, and, uh, oh, Leanne... you want to talk about poetry? No, I, no, I don't want to get Daniel. I don't want to no, summon no, him. Because we got a poem later on. Have we? Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, Sam does a poem, doesn't he? He he starts off giving Nick a bit of a science lesson in Victoria Gardens about how stars are actually made of 
hydrogen and helium and they're not actually dead babies up there just in case anyone was wondering yeah then he reads his poem which i thought was very sweet and cute um as the the hearse drives down he gets a he gets a monologue doesn't he he gets a i get to speak while scenes are going on in the background which is such an honor for young uh, jude um and at the end of the episode nick and leanne have a bit of a bond but she's still saying i love you and everything but it's over between us. I'm moving out. Yeah, I can't stand between you and your son, but I can't watch you yes. with him. Basically. And then she has a nice, happy, sad moment at the end. Bittersweet um, when a red car drives off outside. She's so great at acting. Great, great expression. She kind it of smiles a, and then she cries. Somewhat cheesy. Um, but, um, she also, there's a really heartbreaking it. when she stands next to the coffin and sees... Oh, yeah, and she's, and she's, and she's saying, Mummy's oh, here. God. Oh, God. I... I I, I'm so glad to see the back of this storyline. It's so hard to watch. It's I, horrible. I don't think we have seen the back of it. I mean, the storyline well, no, is now, I think will Nick and Leanne get back together? It's going to be Leanne, like, dealing with the grief of losing her child and what she, does Steve... What will Steve do? Yeah, she's going she's gonna, to, you know, lock everyone away, isn't there's she? There's going to be a scene of her crying at Christmas, probably. Everyone's going to be having a happy time and then we'll cut to Leanne in, a, in Oliver's room crying, probably. Because there's, yeah. the, you know, like you said about Jeff's. She probably already bought his Christmas presents because she was oh, convinced God. that he was going to get better Don't again. Be like, I've lost the receipt. Oh my God, <laughs> horrible. Yeah, but like you said about Jeff's magic room, there's a reason they made Oliver's bedroom, and I'm sure it will come back. Yeah. It feels like a lot of effort to go to, unless they were just really bored. Maybe they're going to do right, something like they sense. did on, you know, on Game of Thrones when um, when Joffrey dies. Sorry, spoilers, but that is a very long time ago. And Jamie and Cersei do it in his deathbed. Maybe Nick and Leanne no. on Ollie's bed. Just and saying. then Nick reaches around and says, there's a report under this bed. <laughs> the report. The report. <laughs> it was Gary what done it. Um, anyway, I, I, don't, I don't think there's a huge amount to talk about with this story because it was just sad and we expected it to be sad. Nice to see Sam again. I thought that, like you, you said earlier, the different betrayals of grief be, uh, from, from Jane and Simon were both very believable. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 I'm sure I I I do think that Nick and Leanne will get through this. Do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. They. Will. I just I just really love watching. They've been portrayed the way that this is portrayed is we're so we're supposed to be on Nick's side and feel really bad for Nick, which I do. The fact that he's been, I mean, for months now he's been shunted out. Leanne's pushed, pushed, pushed him yeah. away from her, and um, it, there's going to be some kind of emotional happy reunion. I'm I'm quite sure of it, but I've been wrong in the past, so. I love watching scenes of Nick and Sam together so much because yeah. every single time it's just Sam going, did you know that dinosaurs are made out of... I do wonder... And then Nick's sitting there opposite him going like, wow. I thought stars really I were dead no children. I idea. Um, so smart. I've been watching my dad, Brian, twinkling down on me all these times. You've broken my heart. <laughs> You've he ruined the, the magic for it. You're going to tell me it's so hard. the Christmas isn't real now. Uh, um, I do wonder how long we're going to be able to have this Jude, um, Jude Sam. He's going to have to be become more than somebody who can quote the Encyclopedia Britannica at anybody who Natasha's cares to listen. Um, I love Sam, but he's got to be more than that. He's a bit one-dimensional at the moment. But Maybe I they can but I move into Ray's new development. Maybe. You're right, um, yeah, it's a bit. It's going to be a bit weird. I mean, the, it's very possible that Nick just babysits him. At, well, not, you could, can't babysit your own child, but he, he is, you know, Natasha says you can have 
Sam on Saturdays or whatever. So that's why we see Sam around and we know he doesn't live there. But he's got custody every now and then. Maybe, but I mean, I think Coronation Street are going to want to keep hold of this kid. Just today, yeah, I know. he um, Jude won the best newcomer on the Digital Spy Soap Awards or I something. I thought, honestly, that's why he turned been... up in the episode. He's like, oh, I didn't know there was a funeral. I thought it was a... Sal- collect my award. Yeah, I thought this was a ceremony for The me. fact that he was able to pick up this award, and it was a viewer-voted one, after, what, three, four episodes he's been in it? Yeah. It's felt like just shows what a smash hit he has been in Coronation Street are going to want to keep hold of this kid. When you got it, you so, got it. Um, they, they, they're going to bring him into the show, I'm sure. But they've, they've got to develop his character it's more. But they, he, right he is such a fantastic actor. I'm sure he's going to be very, very capable of it. I, I, as long as he doesn't go down the Simon and Chesney route, which is a definite possibility. So like but, in 10 years' time, he's going to be beating Leanne. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean there's always the risk with fantastic child actors that they sometimes they go through a, a dodgy period and you know i mean but I'm, I'm perfectly very so happy to take the risk with we've this got one. just as many examples of people that have managed to weather their way through yes i mean david yeah. and, and and who has done it tanisha gory yeah yeah, and 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 David was an interesting one. Well, David was one that you kind of always knew, and you kind of thought that this this kid has got something about him. And and twenty years later, we were right. Tanisha was like, she's she's just a kid that plays Asher, and she's kind of surprised us in the last two yeah. years. Um, but we'll see. As I say, I'm very very happy to take the risk if we get to keep Jude, and and I hope that he wants to stay in the show as well. Um. Anyway, that's that's about it for that. It feels like that this story could take a break for the anniversary week, but come back in full force for for melancholy Everybody loves Christmas. a sad Christmas. Um, but we also had um, this side, side show, side show as part of it, which I'll, I'll synopsize if you like, because it is part of it. It was just a little developing story friendship i guess between simon and shona and it is always interesting when you put two characters together that never really share scenes together but um it's basically so shona notices that simon's looking a bit sad on monday offers to take him a drive in sarah's car which was unusual because i didn't think that they said what happened and and shona comes back at the end of the episode doesn't she and Simon's not there, and I was like, "Has she done something with Simon? Has she kidnapped Simon or something? Is he not going to?" But no, there, there was nothing there. He was fine, and uh, on on Wednesday he makes her a mixtape on his on an old iPod, so it was kind of sweet. Well, Shona had the um the line of the week before Sally said she did science in school, which was, "You can do anything you want as long as nobody finds out." Yeah. And what was she referring to then? The fact that she, someone's like, are you allowed to drive? And she's oh, like, I yeah, can do yeah, whatever yeah, I want right. so as nobody finds out. She also, she also makes... <laughs> Live a, my life by those rules. She also gets a brilliant um, dinosaur cake for, uh, for Nick and the Ant well, because she, says she, to, she misunderstands says to David, David's yeah. sarcasm. She like, and he's like, yeah, that's a brilliant idea. So she actually does it. And he's like, no, I was being sarcastic. And she gets really upset. Um... Yeah, it's just... Uh, is anything going to happen here or is, is it just, odd. let's put these together? And... I really want to like this in a wholesome and and kind of fun, free, nice way, but I'm so scared of Coronation Street doing something really horrible and inappropriate. Oh, gosh, not Simon and Shona ending up in bed together, I am really please. worried about that. 
is it I suppose it makes sense for Shona to bond with him because she's kind of regressed mentally to her you know late teens early 20s yeah, she's so more... it's so she might feel um some kind of kinship with somebody Simon's age well Simon and if, also and if like... David won't sleep with her because he sees her as you know too emotionally immature and she's getting horny I don't know but <laughs> but the thing is though I think Shona gets on better with Simon because he there's no like he doesn't really seem to feel sorry for her or is not pitting her or trying to help her or like making no, he's her just feel talking awkward to her normally. about what she says and does that is wrong. It's not it's not as apparent to her that she's making mistakes with him. And he was you know, he he is also trying to navigate the world as much as she is. Mm. So she probably feels a bit more like I can relax around around Simon. I don't need to worry yeah. about saying the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Um Robert Johnny, Gemma. Uh, Monday. Um, Johnny's just been uh, been arrested, hasn't he? On Friday's episode. Yeah, so she's worried. She's thinking about what her future holds for her. She's trying to find out information. Daisy says you need to get on Tinder. <laughs> Jenny's reaction to that was like, "Yay!" <laughs> she's trying to make her forget about Johnny, but um, Johnny comes back. He's not looking great. He tells Jenny he's going to plead guilty. Jenny's like, you know that stupid plan you had to make me hate you was ridiculous and cruel but I love you anyway let's carry on together yeah we can survive this Jenny says Johnny that was, that that was good I'm glad that they I mean sometimes we have to go through these little mini stories just to have a bit of drama in an episode to liven up a bit it always feels a bit unfair the, the, the problem with, the problem is these characters have now you know got back together again and they've reaffirmed their relationship but we don't get to see them again for the rest of the week and and what i wanted is that they're saying okay we're a team again together now let's see them do some things together as a team no probably the next time we'll see them is the next time they have a drama and a fallout Mm. i mean i'm assuming that we are going to see a bit more of them maybe over christmas they haven't brought daisy in for nothing well daisy was supposed to go up to scotland with her boyfriend to go and see his family and she ditched him basically yeah and it really makes me think what her are her motivations i think it's fairly obvious from her personality that we've seen so far that she's a troublemaker oh absolutely she clearly doesn't want jenny to be with johnny that's I wonder why. if she's just being a child. I, I just wonder whether she's a bit directionless. Like, she was talking about... Um, she seems like the sort of person who sees opportunities and jumps on them. From the story that she told us about how she met her boyfriend, she was a waitress. He was at a posh club, um, yacht club or whatever. Yeah, yacht club. And she wasn't even supposed to be his waitress, but she may, you know, she put herself in the situation where she could spill wine on him, get to know him a bit better, ingratiate herself with him. She sees her stepmom, who seems to have a pretty cushy situation. Last time she saw her, I, I don't know what Jenny was like, but, but on the street, when she came into the street, she was a cleaner. Now she's the landlady of a pub. Oh, no, she became a cleaner, didn't she? she... Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know what she was doing before she came to, to Corrie. You, no, you, know, you don't know what she was doing. But Daisy sees her stepmom in a position of perhaps wealth and power relative to what Daisy has and says, I want some of that. Get rid yeah. of Johnny and then maybe I can, you know, could I be the manager? Could I get, could I, could I like, will Jenny be a soft touch and let me get away with being a bit crap at my job? I'll get behind the bar, be a barmaid, get paid more than I should do, put my fingers in the till. It you know, feels like take Jenny a few extra is, shots of whatever I want. If, if Daisy is going to try and 
uh, pull the wool over Jenny's eyes or do her over or whatever, Jenny is going to be completely oblivious to it all because well, she's, she's not focusing on that. She's she's worried about Johnny. She's worried about Johnny. She's also just chuffed to be seeing Daisy again after all this yeah. time, and she's probably feeling guilty about the fact that she's abandoning her. Yeah. Whilst at the same time, Daisy could well be feeling you know, vindictive and or vengeful about like, the fact that she was yeah, left motherless. Not even that, just entitled to like, well, she's my stepmom, this is my pub. Mm. You know what I mean? She, she, I haven't seen her for t- 10 years. She owes me, Yeah. she owes me, a, you know, I, if, I, if I take a bottle of champagne from behind the bar, I will. Yeah, well, she's, I, I yeah, she, she's a little minx, is that she one? She does seem to be a bit of a cheeky madam. Yeah. I I kind of, I don't know whether I, I like want her. to like her or whether I want to like to hate her. I but like there's, her there's like involved anyway. Oh, she, re- she did you see that she replied to your yes, tweet I did. about her lipstick? Yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, Peter. It was it was um Dolce was it Dolce Vita <laughs> Nas lip balm over the top of Charlotte Tilbury pillow talk. <laughs> um. Peter's storyline, which sadly seems like it's going to be the inevitable weak point of Coronation Street's big anniversary week this <laughs> week. Feet from our is, perspective. Um, Peter, from other people's not so much. Well... Some people love this. Um, Peter finds out by Sarah's loose-lipped confession. She well, gets confession. drunk. She gets and, drunk and maudlin after Ollie's funeral because she's remembering Billy and she says, Carla, oh, blah, blah, blah. That guy that you were having it off with in the factory, Peter overhears it and's like, you told me it was some businessman you didn't know. Why were you at in the, the hotel. factory with him? Who was it that you slept with? And Carla's just like... I don't want to tell you. She's like, we already decided that we're not talking about this anymore. Yeah. That's the healthy way to deal with things. Yeah, so that's it's clearly building itself up for something. I could I could do without it featuring in the 60th anniversary week. It's very... It's been there, done that. But then... <sighs> like you said, some people I'm sure are invested in it, but I can't imagine there's many people who, when you're, rank, when you're looking at what's happening next week, the trial, the, the, the tower block, bulldozer shenanigans and this there's not going to be many people whose that is the number one story the Carla and Peter action is it I don't know they're I, obviously, I know they've got their fans more they've than, got their there's fans. more people than we think because we always say I don't understand the point of this but this is the bread and butter of soaps yeah, yeah so know, we can't really complain too much about it even though we do anyway yeah we can we totally can we do what we like so Gemma so that was quite a long street talk I feel but um, it was a a, a a lot happened. A lot happened this week, and, and I just makes me week. wonder what it's going to be like next week. I, I just hope the next week in Street Talk we're like buzzing about it. Me it's too. going to be such a downer if we're like, oh, I hate that it. was a disappointment. I, I really want to love it next week. I was surprised at how much I liked and grew to like the the musical bit at the beginning of Wednesday's episode because, like we we already said that kind of thing normally sends me screaming into the hills. Mm. But I just kind of, I think it's because Jeff's such a showman and they've done, they've done other things like that with him where he performs to the camera in a way that no other character does. Mm. Like when we had the music acts, we had, you know, when uh, Matt Hilton uh, directed that, he, you know, did some really interesting stuff with the yeah. shot and we know that he's going to be here doing yes, the Christmas he, episode. He is directing the Christmas episode. Yeah, so that's going to be interesting. Very much looking forward um, to that. So that was, I, I like that. I thought that was, I thought that was good. It was a risk to take because I think it's, anytime you do something a bit weird like that, you're going to get people moaning like we normally would have done. Mm. Um, I really liked 
Yeah, I thought it was a solid, solid week. It wasn't a five week. No, it wasn't. And I'm wondering, died. is five? Is next <laughs> week going to be a five? I don't know what makes a five. Is five an Somebody unobtainable score? Somebody specifically asked us on the Facebook group, what is a five for you? It feels like the 50th anniversary week was a bit of a five week, but maybe that's the rose-tinted well, we spectacles. doing the podcast. But then, I, so. I remember being so often on the edge of my seat you know, with Charlotte's death, with Molly's death, with the tram crash was spectacular. There was so much to love about that 50th anniversary week. Peter being on death's door as well. It doesn't feel like it's kind of at all possible to match that. But I don't, don't think Corrie want to match that. I, I would say in a five week, it's got to have the emotion. It's got to have the comedy. It's got to have relationships. It kind of has to have twists. It's got to have... Um, well, this is like that famous... Some kind of stunt or spectacle... This is like that famous um, court case in America where the judge was asked, you know, how do you define obscenity? And he's like, well, I, I, I know it when I see it. And that's kind of like what I think about uh, a five a five out of five well, week. Well, we've been scoring these for quite a while. We haven't we scored have... them for eight years, but we've never given a five. Haven't we? I thought we had. No, I don't think we have. Maybe Becca can, um, can let us know on that one, but I don't think I've ever given anything a five. But I would say for this, um, <laughs> I, I am, I'm pretty happy. I mean, last week was a four and a half and we said maybe it was closer to a four than a four and a half. But um, I think the same I, with this I, week. I think, yeah, I, I'm, four, I'm and a half. four and a half. I'm going to give it four and a half um, mice who <laughs> stib, stab people with bottles. Yeah, that was funny. Um, I'm going to give it, um, I'm going to give it four and a half. What were they called? Fadges? Uh, not tatty scones. <laughs> no, a fadge. Four and, Four and a half fadges. fadges out of five, fine. Um, character of the week. It's it's a tricky one because Jeff was entertaining, but he also, in my mind, this week just makes me think of that scene that I didn't get at the at the mental hospital. Yasmin was great, although she didn't have a lot to say. Elaine, Elaine saved the day, but I, a little bit snivelly on Wednesday, maybe. I I've been thinking about this as we've been talking, and it it could be Abby, but Abby, you know, she gets she gets praised a lot, and and well, she hasn't compared she, she, to normal Abby Abby shenanigans. This was fairly tame. Well, she the fact that she was the one that uncovered and spread the word about Ray's evil doings. I know, was but fantastic. this we keep saying evil doings. Okay, Him I know. Sleeping that's not... with Faye was wrong. Knocking down some houses to build a development is not intrinsically evil. This is the oh. thing I'm keep I keep batting against what, in, in this whatever. story. Abby was it's the not hero evil this week. to develop property. I'm, I'm kind of I'm edging towards Imran. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say Imran because he was like for the character I, moments. I really like the bit where he says to Ryan, "Oh, I'm bricking it, mate." Like he because you get the scenes with him going. Yes, Your Honour, like, I'm going to question, like, and being all, like, very serious. And then you get to see the other side of it, which you don't very often get to see with this, with these professional characters. They're um, real people too. Yeah, going, yeah, I, I was worried. I, I thought I wouldn't be able to do it. But the fact that well, he didn't even, yeah, he didn't think that he would be able to do the barrister's so job because him. he's not actually a barrister. But he, he kept his cool. He did a, a fine job defending Yasmeen. He was... He, Measured, calm. Yeah, he, he tripped Jeff up yeah. with the photo stuff. I enjoyed some of the kind of smirks that he allowed himself, but he certainly <laughs> was in no way... He's got himself know, a new laptop. theatrical like the other woman. Um, yeah, and, and, and if it wasn't for Imran doing this, then, then Yasmin might be faced with many more months behind bars. Mm. 
So yeah, Imran, I, I know, I, I I know it doesn't Imran. feel necessarily right because it wasn't Imran's week. It was Jeff's week. It was Jasmine's week. It was Ray's week. It was it was Leanne's week. Well, it week. feels like there's a lot to happen next week involving those characters. I don't think Imran's going to be no. the centre of attention next week. No, I'm, I'm really chuffed that he got such a big role yeah. this week. So I'm, I'm going to go for Imran this Me week. Me too. Imran character of the week. I don't think we've... That's that's a rare thing to happen because it always feels like he's given such small bits to do. I really want to see, I want to see him in the show for, for a long time, but I also want to see him develop his skills in the court because he was calm and measured and and sensible and direct and and um, tenacious, but he didn't feel imposing. Like I want him to, like you said, theatrical. Use the word theatrical. I kind of want him to grow into that kind of like. You know, like Phoenix Wright school of waving your arms around. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I, I think, I think he little... did a really good job of like, I am doing my best, but th- I'm a bit, you know, a bit of a fish out of water here because yeah, I said rookie, to you when he? I, yeah, exactly, because I was looking at, him, I was going, you're so young and little. How do you? How can people take you seriously doing court stuff? Yeah. No, I, I I would enjoy seeing that. I'm I'm just I'm so so glad it was him and not Adam that got this case because it could have been there's so many lawyers on the street. See, Adam's there? got yeah. See, Adam would have been more cocky, wouldn't he? Yeah. And um, like a bit more kind of casual with it. Yeah. Whereas Imran's like he really feels like he's a bit of a boffin. <laughs> I I I've, I just liked uh, uh, Imran's little little looks of happiness, like when he got that note. And whereas Adam would have been like. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. He'd have been too cocky about it, and that would have distracted. I think. I would also really like to see a story where they're both working together on the same case. Because normally, when you when you have a court case, you'll have on both sides teams of lawyers, and there'll be like rows and rows of people all mm. sitting there with their books and looking at things. I don't know what the hell they're looking at, but they always seem to be busy looking the things law. up, just checking the law to make sure this is right. <laughs> And, um, yeah, I'd like to see them, like, bickering with one another, like, defending somebody. I think that'd be yeah. really good They have fun. been against each other, haven't they? Yeah, well, they, I know. Well, they nearly but... were. Again, was it with Sally's case last year? But the wouldn't that be fun, like, them just arguing about what the best approach would be? And, yeah. like, in the middle of a, of a case going, Your Honour, please stand up the jury. I need to talk to my honourable whatever guy. <laughs> Right. Um, That's the end of it. Congrats, guys. That was a good week. Of Another really good. Week. What is it? I think it's pretty uh, rare to have two, four and a half weeks in a row. Yeah, it makes me think next week it's got a bit of a. Uh, uh, it can't. Good it luck. Can't, it can't be terrible next week. The way everything is going, it They're should really be good really, job. really good. And I've seen a couple of <laughs> snippets of things that maybe some of them we can talk about in the cabin next. Not not spoilers that shows that they have. Yeah, pulled out the stops as far as they will go, given the current circumstances, to make it a special week next week still. I am disappointed that it looks like the Adam Peter Carla stuff's going to rear its head. I don't need that whatsoever. But um, oh, I, 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 I hope it's going to be good. It's we'll going to be a real sad podcast Don't forget that sometimes you, you're you cloud your expectations I know if you get yourself too excited the f- about it the things it, I've enjoyed the most in life have often been especially with films and TV shows where I've gone and going whatever let's just see what this is like or I heard this is not very good so next week is going to be terrible yes let's say that <laughs> let's set our expectations okay. and then we'll give it a five fine okay let's move on and do some news welcome to the cabin the news 
first bit of news. There's a lot of news going on at the moment. It's almost like there's something special Same going on happening. at Coronation Street. A, a, a deluge of news this week. So some of it we've had to think, oh, we can't talk about that. But um, go on, what, what is our first news? What is our number one news item this week? Thank you for introducing the news again. Sorry, We're... I just... On Sunday in the UK at 2pm, there will be an event, a real-time live event, which is called... I'm so excited about this. Race to the Rovers. And it's like an escape room, I guess, kind It of feels thing. like it's escape room-ish, doesn't it? It's, it's... We, one of the things that we said that we wanted to happen at the 60th is some kind of like social media thing that that engages fans and this is what we seem to have yeah and i remember great. watching it was over the summer holidays um there was a woo the investors online zoom meeting thing that anybody could join and one of the things that i think dan promised dan archibald um digital guy at uh, coronation street <laughs> said that there would be digital stunts and i was like well, what does that mean and there's a bit of... I mean, they've obviously got the 60 for 60, which is still going strong. Ant and Tech were the ones that did it today. And um, and, and this is, uh, is not anything that I would have expected, but I am very, very intrigued by this. Yeah, this isn't like a... This is, this is a cast thing rather than a character thing, isn't it? Yeah. So the idea is that you tweet along, I guess... They've got Jason Manford and they've locked him in the Rovers. A comedian. I asked if they could leave him in there, but they said no. <laughs> You're not a Jason Manford fan. I know, he's fine. I was just teasing. Um, then we've got some of the actors. We've got Mikey North, Julia Goulding, Ryan Russell and Molly Gallagher. They're going to complete mental and physical challenges to set him free. And he's going to have to take... He's going to have to be freed within 60 minutes. And we can tweet... Twitter people, so if you haven't got an account, yeah, you this might is as well a Twitter event. Join up there, it's not, on, not on Facebook, yeah. Join us at Conversation Stra, but you can tweet with hashtag Cory Help or hashtag Cory Hinder to affect the mission. So I don't, I don't know what's going to happen here. Are they going to like tot up how many of each one they got and then say, "Sorry, Julia Gordon, we'll slap you with a kipper while <laughs> we're trying to complete this word search or something." I don't know. It. I do wonder how much these tweets will actually affect it what's going to happen. It doesn't feel like it's Is going it to have kind a of significant that impact? he's going to get out at the last we talked second? Because like, he's got 60 minutes to get out of this thing. We talked before about how how is this going to, like, how would you do a choose-your-own-adventure story type of thing with social media? And we said, like, I said, basically, you already decide how it ends and they don't really have it. It just, like, has some kind of small effect on it. Yeah. I imagine that, I imagine what will happen is that Jason Manford's going to be the presenter, like narrating no, them, no, trying to get... No, no, he's not. There's somebody uh, else, and I haven't written it down here because I didn't know who it was. I didn't recognise the name. But, yeah, he's... So probably no one famous then, Michael. No, it's probably just somebody like Ian McKellen or something. He's, he's going to be in there just... I don't know what he's going to be doing. Well, I don't understand the, why you would hire a comedian for, to sit there in silence I'm, for two, I'm sure for he'll be... Yeah, he'll be narrating what he's getting up to, basically. But I, I don't know whether it's like there's a load of locks on the rover's door. And I just kind of imagine it being like... Um, on the celebrity jungle or whatever where or in like a what's the x factor or whatever when where ant and deck are going what well, looks like they're trying to think of a, a way to open this door with this key that they found <laughs> well it's it feels very crystal mazy to me this doesn't yeah. it the fact that they've said do, mental and do, physical do, challenges do, 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 i mean they might as well have mystery <laughs> and whatever the other one is skill or whatever um and and there's a good bunch of characters sorry cast <laughs> here involved in it Julie Golding is ace Ryan Russell I don't know whether I've seen a lot of him being Ryan Russell rather than being Michael Bailey same with Molly Gallagher we've seen her on uh, Instagram 
looking kind of Nina Rich, but I'm in- interested to see some of these actors being themselves. Mikey North, I've met once in real life and he was great. I think they've got a really good bunch here. They all seem like they'd be the sort that would be up for a laugh, up for a challenge. I, I do wonder how whether people are just going to be all Corrie Hinder, Corrie Hinder, Corrie Hinder. Of course we will. Anytime you, it's like chaos asking the general public to do anything. So I do apologise in advance, those four actors, for any wet kippers you are slapped with. Yeah. The person who's presenting it is called Ben Shires and he is the presenter of Officially Amazing, which is the Guinness World Records themed children's show. Oh, fine. Whatever. That's, that's why I hadn't heard of him. Anyway, this is really fun. Thank you, everybody. Um, all the... Baft nominated. All the digital people um, at Coronation Street Good who luck. put this together. I've it always feel really like bad when event. people have to work at the weekend. <laughs> I know, I know. But, you know, Thank it's you, the everyone. anniversary. I know. I hope they get time off. Yeah. It's Christmas coming, isn't it? Do you get double... For, for Sunday. Anyway, everybody, make sure you join. That's why, one of the reasons why we put this as our lead news item this week, to make sure that everybody definitely hears about it and you join in, because it's going to be an awful lot of fun. We don't know anything else about it, by the way. We haven't got any secret behind-the-scenes background knowledge of any of this. No, but we, we I, I am a bit of a... I, f- I really like doing escape rooms. We did one the other the other day, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, did one a couple of weeks ago. Um, which was we were allowed to do it, by the way, because of COVID. Okay, so don't worry about that. Because of COVID, we could do an escape room. No, it was we it's wasn't like we for secretly... when we're trapped in a room with somebody who's spreading the coronavirus. What I'm saying is, it wasn't during lockdown when no. we did it. We were allowed to do it. And we did it in half an hour instead of an hour, didn't we? Really yeah. fast. Well, I hope that this isn't over with quickly because. They, they, well, it says the fact that, that we've got, got Corey minutes. Hinder, I think, is going to perhaps slow them down somewhat. Yeah. Go on then. Anyway, next thing, next, thing, next bit of um, stuff that is coming out to celebrate the 60th anniversary of Coronation Street, and actually, this is really cool because you've involved yourself in some detective work for this. I you? have, I've been, because I'm I'm interested in this, and it's the it's a Coronation Street app game thing. And this was another out. thing that was on our wish list of things that it we was. wanted to have at the beginning of the year when we made our predictions and wishes and hopes and dreams for the 60th anniversary. I said, oh, I'd like there to be a Coronation Street app. I'd like there to be a game, a bit like the Cory Nation game that they made on Facebook for the 50th anniversary. And although this isn't exactly the same thing, and it's not what I would absolutely have dreamt and wanted it to be, which is basically a Coronation Street version of The Simpsons tapped out, it is. it does kind of tap into my... Um, desire to be able to rebuild slash redecorate bits of the street so it's called coronation street words and design which i i completely admit is not the snappiest title um and it is out on the 15th of december in the uk um but it is actually already out in some territories including (laughs) australia and new zealand they've kind of soft launched it there so i've been talking to a couple of people on social media karen on twitter jody on facebook hello who have been playing this and um, Jodie also posted some screenshots and videos yes, of her video playing it great. on Facebook as well to give me an idea about what it's going to be like. So, the press release says, Welcome to Coronation Street. It's time for you to step onto the cobbles and help Ken Barlow, Bet Lynch and many of your favourite characters in this new crossword game based on the UK's favourite continuing drama, Coronation Street. So right away from this, it's like, no, this isn't set in the 80s. It's set in some kind of nebulous 
period in Coronation it's Street set, where anybody can come in and join in. It's set during the same period of time as the um, the artist that did the pictures. Yeah, the, that pictures. we were talking about last week, definitely. Although at this stage, I still don't know which other characters are going to be in it. We've seen... Um, it's Bet and Ken. Some, yeah, it's so just Bet and Ken is all we've seen so far. And the video that Jodie posted showed those characters and Ken's talking about Tracy and the fact that Deirdre's died. I think the... I think the idea, I'll get to it in a minute, but um, I, I don't know other characters that are going to be in it. And it feels as well that it's going to be one of these games that maybe when it launches, they'll be the only characters that are in it. But as time goes on, I assume, depending on how popular this app is, by which I mean how much money people are willing to spend on microtransactions on it, um, they may well add more and more people into it. I really hope they do. So anyway, um, help Ken give his old house a whole new look. Design it, decorate it, and earth buried treasures from Ken's past. Head to the Rover's Return Inn, where you can help Bet renovate the world-famous pub and restore it to its former glory after it's consumed by yet another fire. Decide on the legendary pub's new look and get it up and running again so that Bet can serve up, can serve thirsty locals in order to progress in the game you'll need to solve entertaining and funny crossword puzzles <laughs> i'll decide if it's entertaining beat and complete these crossword devils to unlock new chapters in the story discover secrets and hidden mysteries of coronation street with some classic characters um so basically it's it feels like because it pretty much is it, it feels to me a reskinned version of a game that this company has already released called Wordington. And if you're really, really keen and eager to find out what this game is about, as I was last Saturday morning, because I remember waking up in the middle of the night and just checking Twitter and going, oh my gosh, there's a Coronation Street app coming out. I downloaded this <laughs> this app called Wordington. So I've had a little play of what it is. So it, it, if that involved me being this little, this woman, this girl who went to an old house that was completely, you know, dilapidated and by doing various, um, what's the word, fun and entertaining word puzzles, I got stars, and then I could use a star to, you know, sweep up the lounge, or put in a new sofa, or polish the fountain, or whatever. So I guess that as you go through, by the end of the game, you have restored this mansion and its surrounding grounds to its former glory. I mean, we could do with that round here. Yes. Um, so that's going to be what we do here. And by the looks of it, and thank you again, Jodie, for, for sending us this video, you start off in Ken's house and the story is that, Deirdre, that they haven't tidied up since Deirdre died, which again makes the Believe timeline them. of this not fitting at all because Bet's in it, but it doesn't matter to me. It's totally not canon. It's not supposed to be. In fact, I'm more excited the fact that it's not canon because it might mean that we get to see... You, you never, you've got 60 worth of characters who might show up here. Um, and... So you do these crossword tasks and then you can put a sofa in Ken's lounge and you can pick what sofa design you want. And I don't think that it's uh, any of the sofa designs are going to be what Ken's sofa actually looks like because if you look at it, the lounge that he's in is also not the same layout as Ken's lounge. So it's that I don't think that they've gone full on trying to recreate what the interiors of the Coronation Street houses look like. I think it's some people are aghast. I thought it was. Some people would be aghast at the idea of renovating the houses and thinking that this seems like not my type of game at all. Um, I'm just actually... so excited that the fact there's a little Coronation Street game to play and I'm not expecting you know the next what's a, what's a good game? Ocarina of Time. Uh, is that still what people say is the best game ever? I still love it. Uh, but uh, it, it's it, it's kind of 
it's really tempting me because it's a Coronation Street game. Um, and the, the word search, the, the crossword puzzles, again, in this Wordington app, you get little blank crossword grids, maybe with only like three or four words crisscrossing. And then at the bottom of the screen are like five letters, say, and you have to make words out of those letters and then they appear on the grid or they don't or they give you points and once you filled out the whole grid you get a star so uh, some, again some people I can completely see are not going to be interested in this at all but if you like word games and I kind of do and if you want to see some Coronation Street related games and I kind of do then you might want to give this a try and uh, and I think it is my duty as a Coronation Street podcaster to give it a go um, I, I'm, I'm really really keen to get started of it and definitely jealous of people over in um, Down Underland who can play it right now. I'm going to say I was actually pleasantly surprised with the, some of the things I saw and the way it's laid out and things. They actually, you know, they've done a, a, a fairly good job of actually trying to make it look like the same kind of layout. It's not perfect. It's not like... It, I thought it would be, here's, we've just covered this character up with a picture of Ken and it's like just a random house and, you know... The actual layout of the street on the outside is really, really well... Um, represented in this 3D art style and, that they've done. I think that's really cool. You can you can scroll around the whole yeah. of the street. I love that. But it's when you go inside the houses, to me, it's like... Yeah, it's, yeah. And the other thing I think is good is that there's a lot of references in the in the script that makes me think that somebody mm. actually who knows what they're talking about yes. was involved yes. in this, which I was worried when I first heard it. I thought, I thought okay, so they've just, they've just basically bought a game from somebody... And then reskinned it, like you said. Yeah, yeah, and and it, there's there's you know it, there's the the developer is Swedish. I can't remember what they're called. Well, whoever Ki- they got Kiwi to do, whoever they got in, however they did it, they they seem the very small amount that I've seen. I thought it was quite good. I don't know whether they've got that much attention to detail throughout the whole game. I don't, you know, I don't play mobile games. I've been so on. I don't care. No, and I don't <laughs> very much either. Literally, oh, I play I whatever. play The Simpsons tapped out, and every that's day. about it. And maybe a bit of Pokemon Go. Um, you play those games every day yeah but only a little bit I, I can see myself getting lost in this maybe I get bored of it I don't know but for now I'm really really excited but really it's just because I want to see the other, which characters get involved in and like you said because the dialogue feels like it was written yeah. by somebody who knows their stuff it depends on whether there's a lot more dialogue than what I've seen mm. but the fact that it was there at all was you yeah. know the references to like Ken wearing his kimono and stuff yeah. I thought it was funny because actually pottery gets Ken, a shout out yeah Ken hasn't worn a kimono in the show for I don't know five years or more yeah so yeah so it's cool so whoever they got to write the dialogue good, good on them um I, I, you can go on to um, like a Facebook page. There's a Facebook great page and a Facebook group for this game at the moment. And obviously because it's only soft launching at the moment, there's not much going on there. But it, from the, the comments that some people are posting, they're saying, I can only do such and such. When are you going to add new rooms? When are you going to add new puzzles? So it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot to do now. And they're saying, oh, developers need time to put new ones in. It feels like they've just launched it in these territories. Nothing apps do this just quite often, just works. to see yeah whether it works. How does what's the server load like? Um, and it feels like you know as the year goes on, you know every few weeks, every month or whatever, they will add new puzzles, new rooms, new houses because the le- the, the fact that you can currently scroll around the whole street but only go into number one and the rovers. I think I'm right in saying that means that they've obviously got plans. There's the potential for you know, th- this could go on for a very long time. It depends on how much money you it get. Depend- it all depends on how much money you get. And and that's why, 
you know, that's where so many apps die on the app store, isn't it? I don't know how many people are going to want to play are a you Coronation going to Street be game. It's not got a the whale. same. I, I might be for the sake of the podcast. No. Um, it's it's going to have a very um, narrow band of people so that want to play it. I know. And people got... are probably fed up of me talking about it at the moment. Yeah. But it might... There might be people that have got no idea about Coronation Street, but just like word games and decorating games. I think, yeah, I don't, I don't know who Ken and Bet are, but I like this kind of game. Maybe. And I'm going to sink a load know. of money into it. Um, the thing to, is, you only need a very small amount of people who are going to spend a lot of money. That's what they're called whales. There's only like a handful of, of them for each game. But once you get some of those on the hook, yeah. you're made. I've only ever like once, maybe twice, bought put virtual currency in my Simpsons game. But I think for the podcast, I will buy some if I feel the need to in Coronation Street words and design. Is that what it's called? Right. Let's... I haven't quite finished a press release. I'm just going to bam through these bullet the points. Pre- you don't need to say it. You don't need to say any more. Honestly, we're not but here. But the to... game features all sorts of shenanigans. I'm sure it does. The next thing we're going to talk There's about. A... Ken's got a memorabilia room called the Kennerabilia room. That's very funny. <laughs> to be fair. Right, go on, press release, because like, you've got the snippets here and I don't know any of this. Okay, so last Friday, Coronation Street did another they no- virtual did another press thing. tour. Well, they didn't another invite thing us. where they didn't invite us, which we perfectly... Well, Gemma, you could have done this, couldn't you? Yes. Because it was your deadline this week. Please, Coronation Street, invite us to these things. I'm getting a bit we sad get, that we, get we don't press get invited. Releases, but we don't get the invites. We, we, we don't even get press releases. We get synopses. Oh, we get the synopses, yeah. Um, I might actually, maybe my thing for 2021 is going to be to try and get us on some of those. Let's you, read about this press anyway, day. Um, press day so yeah there's just there was um in mcleod's was interviewed the bar many of the barlows were ken adam i don't know why i'm saying the character names not the actor names um i think i can't remember whether in bartholomew was there um and and they all had lots of lovely things to say about coronation street basically and a couple of, couple of snippets about what could have been and oh, this is and, and 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 just general stuff about isn't Cory great blowing its own trumpet 60 years yeah 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 so some of the I've, I've picked out a couple of key snippets here that I found interesting and one of them was that Ian McLeod said that a year ago or, or, or over a year ago I don't know well, the idea was mooted they? that the 60th anniversary storyline should revolve around a bird flu kind of pandemic in Weatherfield yes. brought about by pigeons Tyrone. that Tyrone was going to adopt in a kind of touching tribute to Jack. Maybe, you know, it's 10 years since Jack died. Maybe we should hark back to the past by getting kept Tyrone in, uh, interested in pigeons, which, forget about the pandemic thing, I quite like the idea of that, to be honest. Um, but yeah, they were going to bring some like kind of scary. strain of flu and then it was just going to spread around the street. I know they never would have done this because it was a bit of a silly idea. I, I also want to point out that when you're brainstorming, you will come up with crazy ideas like this. So I, I I'm kind of glad that they are so free when they have pictures to like say whatever they they think, even if it sounds silly. Yeah. Um. Can you imagine what it would have been like if they had known that they had this planned? I know. If it's like we, we we're what down this path done? now, we've kind of got to do it, but I don't we know. Can't. No, it would have been so awful. They must, there must be so such relief that they didn't go down it. Not it, that they, they would have. They done, agreed that it was too far fetched. Yeah. It doesn't seem too silly to me. Yeah, I know. I was thinking, like, I can totally see why somebody pitched the idea. I can really see why somebody pitched the idea. I like the idea of Tyrone being involved. There's, like, foot and mouth outbreaks all the time. And it's something different. (laughs) 
<laughs> They're like, it's, I'm not, it's I'm never not been done before in a soap. I'm this idea. It, yeah, Honestly, I mean, I'm and, not. And the fact that really, that probably one of the reasons why they originally said we're not doing it, they were like, pandemic, don't be so ridiculous. Yeah. Probably that was the reason, not the bird flu angle. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure there are lots of reasons that I haven't considered about why it wouldn't work, but um, right. I just thought that was quite an it's interesting snippet. He to... also, in the cloud, said that the first email he sent when he became producer was, what are we going to do for the 60th? So I quite like the idea that when he came in he already, knew he, he knew that focused. he was going to be you know, steering this ship through the 60th mm-hmm. anniversary. Something that, again, isn't really a spoiler, isn't, no, it's not a spoiler for next week. A couple of actors have had to bubble up in... Um, seclusion bubbles or, or whatever well, I don't so know that, what that means uh, they, well, they've just not been able to see anybody else or be in, in close contact with anybody else for who, however long it takes so that they can have scenes next to each other so we've seen Coronation Street obviously having you two metres apart with var- for various reasons I've and sometimes it works and sometimes really it doesn't I've, I've started to know sometimes you notice but a lot of the times I absolutely don't then you hear about some of the other soaps like EastEnders that are going you know, they're doing the digitally inserting people next to each other or or getting in the, the spouses of people for the kissing scenes and <laughs> they've got the perspex screens and everything and Corey's not doing any of that. But I haven't heard, and I, I, maybe it's happening, I just haven't heard of it, I don't follow the other soaps of the news, of actually putting actors in bubbles together so that they can actually properly, truly, physically be next to each other. I know two actors who have bubbled up together. I'm not going to say who it is. I don't know if it's any more than that. Um, but I think that's quite cool. The fact that they consider the 60th so important that these actors agreed to do this. No, I don't. I want to know the sake more of about the what show. this actually involves. Yeah, well, because we've all been in lockdown anyway, so we haven't been able to go anywhere mm. or hang around with anybody. It makes it sound like they made them live with each other. But actually, that would be more risky than just going, or well, you just turn up together for work, if, but if, you can't see anybody else. If they did, I'd quite like to see the outtakes of that. Do they get see, to film these I want, two characters Why didn't together? they do a Big Brother style? Everybody has, like, yeah. Alia and Jeff have to live with actually each has, <laughs> and I'm a celebrity. It's I'm a celebrity, the, the you bubble. can't get out and of the two, here, you have the to two stay characters that are left at the end, they're the two that get scenes together in the 60th anniversary <laughs> episode, they get the climactic scenes. But anyway, that's kind of cool, so look out for that next week. So if you see two characters next to each other and then you think, hang on a minute, then that's why. Um, William Roach was um, there, he said he realised that he was going to be in Corrie forever when he was in his 40s. Um, and he said, a director once said, you get a scene on Corrie as good as any play or film. Yeah, he, he he's so passionate about the importance of soaps, although he does say he finds the term soap derogatory. He said that, yeah, I'm surprised he said that again. Because so many people do look down on soaps and soap snobbery is rife, but William Roach know, but is that always feels like he's, he's It feels like he's adding to that by saying that, yeah, soap is a derogatory term, I don't want to be called a soap because I think it's more than that rather than saying what this is is enough mm. which is what I think I also like this quote that William Roach but, said you know, about who am I to tell his relationship Roach? with Ken he said most people don't get to live another life like this I, I am not Ken but I, I like uh, but I like him and I am his caretaker Aww. and I care for him Aww. I'm an actor but Ken is more than just a part that I play he's another being like a close friend that I and I habit, inhabit and work with wow. very few people have ever done that that is crazy it's very true it's so he true. has I mean, such a nobody has ever played a character for as long as he has he's got a, such a unique relationship with Ken literally his Weird. whole life from his what I think he was 28 when he joined yeah. Coronation Street he's had this 
this other life. I know. And, and nobody else knows what it's like other no. than him. I mean, you've got people like Barbara Knox, like Helen Worth, like Sue Nichols that have played the same character for an awfully long time. Yeah, I mean, it's, so you know, weird. after a certain amount of time, you know, yeah. it becomes 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, yeah, and 50 just, years. He's, he's given his life, literally, yeah. for the entertainment for, for this show. I, 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 he also fully it, intends honestly. to stay in Coronation Street for as long as he can. He wants to turn 100 on the street. He says, I'm looking forward to that. I'm some eight years older than Ken, so I will get there first, yes, which quite is quite funny. fun. Um, and we've also, I also saw some quotes from the ITV North boss, whose name I did not write down. Sorry, I was going to come up to that later and I didn't find it. I didn't have the time to. Um, it wouldn't be drama if what everyone on social media wanted to happen just happened. Then you wouldn't have any oh, drama. This great People in real life don't always behave as you want them to. They behave how the character dictates takes they should yes yeah. he was asked about social media and do you listen to them I, what about all the complainers I read and this, everything I read what he said and I thought he was being uh, what he said was really interesting and quite revealing because they said something to him like do, don't you think that um, how how do you older viewers cope with un, more unusual stories or something like that like how do you find that do you find that newer viewers are a bit more easier find it easier to cope with you know out there stories or whatever and he basically said i find that younger viewers are a bit more um rigid in their views and i agree with him i think that we've created a kind of generation of people who are incredibly connected on social media but with a very narrow range of views and they defend those views in a very vitriolic way at times and there's no real room for disagreeing or having a different opinion mm. And obviously there are some things you can't really have an opinion on without being an arse. But other things where, you know, like I said about Jeff, um, sorry, about Ray, you know, how do you define what he did to to Faye? And I'm not going to get mad at somebody for saying something I don't agree with. But I think that that we need to stop doing that to each other and listen to what each other says. Because, you know, we've got a bit of breathing room with this. This isn't a real, this this isn't real. You know, there's, there's a bit more room to be free with your your opinion so what he said about this was interesting and also another thing he said about you know everything on social media doesn't always happen in the show and he's right and this is another thing we were talking about on 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 facebook recently about fan groups and about how they get mad when their characters go through adversity of some sort or have conflict and they don't seem to understand that the show is made of conflict and stories are at their very heart Mm based on conflict you can't just have a story where nothing happens everyone's happy yeah yeah um, I'll do one last quote from him um, which I just thought was nice Coronation Street is very special it's about the humanity of seeing characters develop through the brains intelligences and hearts of so many people and seeing how they deal with situations you know they may have to you may have to deal with yourself in life it's a guide to humanity with a little bit of comfort blanket thrown in along with a little bit of sharp northern wit people drift away from Coronation Street and they drift back the great thing is it's always there for them ah just like Conversation Street, always there for Except, you. I'm sorry, we don't have any Northern Wit on if this show. If you haven't had a look at all these interviews that are being released over the last week, there's tons of them, there's pages that you can read. If you like all that sort of stuff, I, I certainly recommend getting a cup of tea and, uh, and sitting down and reading them. There's some, there's some cracking stuff in there. Guess what else has happened? Surely not more has happened this week. William Roach has got his picture done, he's isn't he? Get his it's like done, a life-size classical a, portrait. Is he, a, is he getting a driving license or something? No, it's a portrait. It's done by painter Michael Corripitz, I guess, I or Pitts. Love Pitts. this. 
I absolutely adore he's gonna, this picture. He, the, the most hilarious thing about this is that he's literally, ITV literally bought it for him as a present. It's not like it has to stay in the studios. It's going to be in his house. Yeah. He's got it in his house and it's a life-size massive. Was it oil like, painting? Like super dapper, he standing is. in like a classical... It, it does. It looks like something from, you know, the Renaissance, doesn't it? I got... I was so enamoured with this. Obviously. It's fantastic. The, the artist is amazing. William Roach said, I cannot thank ITV enough for the wonderful anniversary gift. It's an honour to have a portrait painted. It's always a joyful reminder of my 60 years in Coronation Street. Something I will always treasure. Thank you, ITV and artist Michael Coropitz. Fantastic. I, I I went straight to his website and was like, how much how much do I have to pay to get one of these of me? Well, I, I wonder Please. whether Barbara Knox is going to be like, oh, hang on a minute. You I know. know, I think, honestly, when I saw this, I couple of years' time, I'm going to have been in it 60 years as well, just saying. What do you get? So everybody gets a, a picture of themselves based on how long they've been in the show for the 60th. So, yes. so, so Babs gets like a watercolour, maybe. And then, oh, a bit more than a watercolour for the amount that she's been in. And then maybe like, uh, so then Matthews gets like um, like a cartoon caricature from a beach artist. Yeah. And then like Imran, we get like, we just like... Potato print. <laughs> <laughs> of a beard. I... I, I I think it's I, I really really love this. This Considering came out last, of nowhere. It's it, amazing. It, it, absolutely, we're not expecting it. That's the thing with some of this news this week. We are not expecting this, and we've been thinking, what what are they going to do for the sixtieth? What are they going to do? Is there going to be more on sale? Are we going to get more merch? It feels like we're not. No. Then we're still waiting for that co-op bag I, to show can up. Can I just say, I want a print of this. I want a postcard of William Roach. So I can put him next to the Queen of Denmark. And We've a got a postcard of... of the Queen of Denmark, don't ask, on our lounge wall. Because it, it's amazing. She's wearing a silver dress. We anyway, should be able to. Considering last week we had our art news and we were a little bit down because we didn't really like the style. We I had the idea this. of it. But looking at it, we were like, oh, but this fantastic. So this artist, and it must be so, so proud he must I feel know. to somebody that, that he, he's so got posh this as well. amazing Imagine having, picture Can I just say... Having the space to put that somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's imagine. very true. Very, very um, true. I this this artist. If you go to his website, he does lots of um, contemporary celebrity pictures in the classical okay. portrait style. Okay. And there the are various degrees of detail, but this looked like one of his best works. I think honestly. Mm. So um, so so pleased. God really knows how much that cost. I know. What's next, Doesn't Michael? Matter. Tracy Brabin, remember her? She played Trisha Armstrong in Coronation Street. Do you remember we used to call her Street. Tracy Brabin and we're We wrong? haven't talked about her loads, but we still haven't done the character profile of um, Trisha Armstrong either. And I thought we if we had, we would have re-uploaded out, that this week. Waiting to find out what her name really was. Well, I, I, Tr- Trisha Armstrong for me was a character who was in the show when I started watching it, which was mid-90s, and she never really got me. I never really found her to be as classic and lovable a character as so many of the other greats that were around at the time. But you know what? Watching her on the ITV3 repeats, although she's still not, you know, anywhere near up there with so many of the other characters, I've actually really empathised with her that she's going through as a single mum with Jamie and I'm enjoying her a lot, lot more second time round. It's been a really nice surprise, honestly. And whereas characters like Angie, who were boring to me then and are boring to me now, um, yeah, she, I, I really am enjoying her. But I think... Her, Angie? Angie Freeman. Exactly. But so some people love Angie Freeman, but there's just some characters from that time that were in it for a while, but 
just didn't get that iconic status okay. as most of the rest of them. Anyway, she was also in an episode that we watched on our 1980s. Oh yeah, she DVD was, wasn't where she? Where she played like a one part, one episode yeah, thing Chloe. where she was um, at the. I think it's a famous episode where. Derek gets drunk at the party, dresses, he's dressed as Father Christmas, and then he walks along the outside of a building and Jack Jack's drunk and sees him. And, that was so great. I love um, that thinks scene. He's, thinks love, he's love, had love that too scene. much. Yeah, so, so she plays a character that's somebody working yeah, with Derek. Yeah, anyway, I think she mentions that in her speech. So, yeah. so this is, what we're, she is why we're bringing her up, is because... She is an MP now, which is not news either, because she's been an MP for, what, three, four years, she maybe? She took over from roughly. Joe Cox. Yeah. Um, he was murdered. She... Um, on yesterday and she's held, a Labour MP as well yes just she started an adjournment debate um, it was, oh, maybe, no, it was Wednesday actually on the contribution that Corrie has made to British life in the Houses of Parliament and you te- you texted me this news during the day on Wednesday yeah. like look at this because Coronation <laughs> Street proudly announced on Twitter that Corrie is being debated in Parliament I say debate it was pretty one-sided it was just well, a well what's there to say I don't like I like his isn't Coronation Street great I discussion find the word soaped by MPs and um, I, I sat down last night to watch it and I thought it was only going to be like 10 minutes long or so but Tracy Brabin's opening speech was 10 minutes talking about all the the good that Corrie so has passionate. done. She is so, so passionate about it. And there you go, that's positive. what you call a Corrie ambassador, in case you She wondered. is a real Corrie ambassador. Um, she was talking about all the, the, the issues, stories. She was talking about that it brings families together, the fact... I mean, all the good things that have ever been said about what good Coronation Street has done for the nation. She also it talks was about working-class people, honest, northern people, yeah. about how what it's like to be a struggling actor and not have a support system in place. And, um, you know... It is it is an um, incalculable yeah. contribution to the culture of this country, and I've said it before a million times on this show. People do not appreciate the amount of influence that that shows like Coronation Street, but particularly Coronation Street, yeah. have had. Really, take it for granted. And I, it was, so it was lovely to see her passionately stand up and say all the things I think. Yeah, as and well. there were about you know ten other people in the room, ten, twelve people, and. Um, so it wasn't in anywhere near a packed parliament when they well, can't do that they they currently anyway. anyway. But uh, there were people joining in and they were saying, oh, I'd like to make, um, I can't remember the, 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 the parliamentary lingo now, but I'd like to say something here. And, and then they'd say, oh, I like Coronation Street because blah, blah, blah. And then she said, thank you so much for your intervention. Like, oh. It's it really weird because really it's like, this isn't real. It's really fascinating to watch. Why are we doing, why, why is this why happening in Parliament? Why are they talking about Coronation why is, in Parliament? It's and, kind of nice. And I've seen them do things like this about other stuff before. Oh, yeah, it not. feels a bit frivolous and a bit of a waste of time. Totally. But, but it isn't though, is it? It isn't because it c- cements culture and, and uh, it's a really important time in um, history to talk about the contribution of culture and the creative arts to society in general and about you know there's the, the spectre of the funding and the lack of support that the government has shown to people in the creative industries whether or not you're acting or making a tv show or if you're a writer or a producer or a comedian or an artist all these people who make their money from being creative and entertaining people kind of been left in the in you know in the cold a little bit mm. and it is important to remind everybody you know yes scientists are saving people's lives but you know i, I, I guess i'm going to be a bit twee here but you know your soul is saved by art mm. and that's what makes life worth living william roach is certainly is what he's got a big picture of himself <laughs> and he's 
You've probably got his, his essence is mixed into the pigment on the I can the never die now. I will make it to 107. <laughs> um, anyway, if you if you haven't seen it and you, you just want to sit and wallow in an hour maybe of people saying how really? great Corona- Coronation Street is, you can go onto the Parliament website and, and watch it. And, and if you if you can't find it, there's Tracy Braben has linked to it on her Twitter. Um, I didn't expect it to be that long. And at times I was like, okay, I'll get the picture. But <laughs> um, yeah, really joyous um, thing to watch. So um, I, I'm well done to, to nice Tracy that- for for securing this this debate yeah it's nice that we don't just use parliament for like oppressing poor people <laughs> yeah deciding who gets the vaccine first and, yeah. you know, all that, all that there's nothing else going on is there let's talk about <laughs> Corey for an hour right Britbox uh, Britbox is the streaming service which is run by the BBC and the ITV I think that is available overseas as well as in the UK I don't know if there's the same things are available in all territories but in the UK it's added some more Corrie things including The Road to Coronation Street which was produced by the BBC Against the Odds The Pat Phoenix Story which is a drama about Pat Phoenix's ill-fated affair with fellow actor Tony Booth in the 1950s Was that the one that um, that Denise Black was in playing her? I can't remember. We need to watch it, but we haven't got BritBox and we can't at the moment, but maybe we'll sign up. And it's also got Coronation Street 60 Years and 60 Episodes, which is 60 hand-picked episodes showcasing the very best Corrie moments, which will be introduced by William Roach and other key cast members. I'm interested in that, that the cast members This reminds me a little bit of of the the YouTube ones that we watched sometimes when Mm. when we got recommended. And I think some of them were introduced by Betty... Yeah, yeah, but that was a collection that they made that was yeah. introduced in a similar way to this would be. So Britbox over the past year or so has been adding more and more old Corries to its lineup and I and I can't speak you know knowledge about this as I say because we haven't got it and I don't know whether they take some off and put others on. But um, if you want to watch some of the old vintage episodes of Coronation Street but you don't want to get the DVDs like we They're have a bit then expensive, it seems like this could be you know, a good route into it. Well, you it. can, what you can, I think it's not, it's not a great deal of money every month. No, no. Um, but you know, if you've got Netflix, the thing is, there's so many streaming services know, now, and already nervous. we've got, we, what have we got? We've got Netflix, we've got Amazon Prime, we've got Disney Plus, we don't, Now TV. Now TV, and there's a lot of that we don't watch. Or I we know. watch one series. I haven't watched TV that isn't, honestly, I haven't watched TV that isn't Coronation Street for about two months. We, but we never used too much anyway, did we? I did. Actually, I lie. I watched all of Nathan for you. I'm totally lying. <laughs> but I've mostly been paying on on my computer games. Anyway, so check out that. Um, and and finally, sad news: Bev did not win. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. No, that Giovanna Spence, Spencer is that her name? She's the one who did a podcast. She's a podcaster. Oh, the podcaster one. Did and they? she interviewed. Catherine, Duchess of Cambridge. Oh, there you go then. About parenting. Anyway, Burma's was Beth kicked out a couple of days ago, yeah. was it? I don't know, we've not been following it. But so, sorry, sucks, anyway. to be, sucks to be you. Let's move on to feedback. Right, let's finish things off with the feedback. And I think our dear listeners knew that we might be talking a lot about the cabin and street talk this week. So they've decided not to send us very much feedback this week. Maybe they're saving it to next week when I feel that um, it could well, very well be a bumper episode. Although I am wondering, is there, what's the cabin going to be like next week? Are there going to be more unexpected newsy things happening next week? Because like this week, we didn't expect the, the parliament thing. We didn't expect the game. We didn't expect the portrait. 
Is there anything more or has it shot its load already? We will what see. What are you saying? Feedback this week. We do have, obviously, an average score from the Facebook group, 4.125 out high. of 5. Very high this week, including from Bronte, four attempts to get into Jeff's house, Chad, four Ed Sheeran crooning parrots, and Fiona, three and a half lemon meringue pies. Thank you, everybody, <laughs> who voted on our Facebook group. Nancy has emailed us, as usual, with her thoughts on last week's episode, and she said, I was left emotionally drained after watching the Oliver storyline. It was so well done. Leanne thinking she could be her own lawyer is something I might try if I was up against it. It was a brilliant move by Imran to call Nick and Leanne to come to his office. He didn't mean Nick and Leanne, did you? You meant Nick and Toya. Leanne and Toya talking together was beautiful, and Toya telling her sister that she needed to take back control was outstanding. It helped to make Leanne's decision to allow Oliver to die with dignity easier. We did say earlier on in the episode in the street talk section i said that i think that the um jeff and yasmin storyline was missing toya being able to you know feed back on the day with imran and you said well, no she was needed for the other story but honestly i don't think toya had a whole lot to do in the ollie wobble story this week either did no, she? she didn't but she, she was had standing to be, there looking but she was sad. in that story she was in it i i and if I'd she like hadn't been in that story everyone would have gone why isn't week. toya there the scenes with emma and amy and simon were great says nancy and quite a lot of people have said the same thing this week i complained a little bit last week yeah, about those three <laughs> together i don't like those scenes and you said no i thought they were great but i've seen lots and lots of people said that they appreciated those scenes so i, I well, stand back and say I, just, I still didn't like them but i'm glad that so many other people did i just want to also say what i th- what i said earlier about audrey and i really liked her scenes and agreed with her about her saying just shut up and take the money um, I don't think anyone else is going to agree with me on that. I saw a lot of people saying that they really didn't like this scene. Some people saying they didn't think it was in Audrey's character to be like that, and other people saying they just thought she was being a cow. Mm. So I, I anticipate a, lo- a lot of reaction mm-hmm. a- about Usually that. Usually people agree with you more than they agree with me. I don't. Th- I think that you think that because you notice more when people don't agree with you. I loved it, says Nancy, when Nick said to Simon that we can go together to say goodbye to Oliver. Nick was brilliant, giving Leanne the time she needed to gather his things in the flat. I liked how the scene shifted from the hospital to the street at the end of Friday's episode. We did need. We didn't need to see any more of the hospital once the machine was turned off. The final scene, when Leanne is alone and releases all her emotions, was outstanding. Leanne is so good at conveying strong emotions, and I want to give her a hug. You can't, Nancy, because... Don't touch her. Don't touch Jane Danson. She's a national treasure. We'll all, we'll all give each other germs. <laughs> Leanne is so good at conveying... Oh, I've read that already. Um, I'm one of those people who can hold in my emotions and then I will go into a room by myself and cry Aww. there. Leanne and Nick will find their way back to each other, but it will take time. Aww. Meeting Daisy and Lee against the backdrop of Johnny and Jenny's dilemma was interesting. <laughs> Jenny was in denial and Johnny was getting himself ready to be arrested. <laughs> it was a shock to hear that the guard was beaten up by Scott after Johnny took off. How come Margaret didn't tell Johnny this when he fe- met her the first time? That's what I thought. Um, Johnny was definitely set up by Scott this time, and Johnny really hurt Jenny with his comments. It'll take a while for her to recover, uh, to for her blah, 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 for her to forgive him, but I think she will. I do think Daisy will be trouble for Jenny. She will want money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jenny has said that she forgives Johnny and everything's okay now, but it's clearly not. It's going to linger there, isn't it? Yeah. And especially, and if Daisy is already trying to prize them apart. I think that their you know, newfound forgiveness for each other is going to be yeah, shaky at best. Yep, so definitely. watch this space, maybe over Christmas. Um, Nancy finishes by saying she loved the scene with Shona locking Sarah <laughs> out of the house. So I that hope Adam and Sarah can get back together at some point. Why? 
On the other side, Carla could decide that she does not need Peter right now. I give this week's episodes four trout lunches out of five. My character of the week is the Am. Oh, fish. We got a final bit of feedback from Rebecca. She says, wow, what a week, especially in the Oliver story and especially from Jane. She was brilliant throughout the week. Props also go to Georgia and Ben, who were fantastic as well. Everyone involved in the Ollie storyline. The last scene where Leanne and Steve were singing to him was just too sad, although I appreciated the scene after that. where Leanne spoke about nobody else knowing and doing normal things like having their tea. I also liked the Emma, Amy, Simon scene. I found it believable that Emma would think Amy wasn't drinking milk because it wasn't the cool thing to do. I also loved the last scene with Leanne crying on the bed. It was just too sad. I'm wondering if the funeral will either be this week as to not clash with the 60th or be in this when the 60th is over. I'm thinking the first option, but it might be a bit rushed. I'm really annoyed about Jenny and Johnny. I kind of want Jenny to have a fresh start with the pub and be the landlady on her own like Bet was. Jenny must have meant some of those things and you can't forgive someone that easily. I agree. The fact that he those words came to him so easily. But like Michael said, I like them as a couple and as far as I know, Richard isn't leaving so I'm assuming something will happen to get him off. I quite like Daisy. She's minxy and a bit of a stirrer. I, I agree. If anyone's a gold digger, it's her. Lee won't stick around much either. I can see her teaming up with Todd for mischief and, and as for romances, Adam seems the obvious choice but maybe Nick. Either way, good entrance from Daisy. Good to see the Jeff story is ramping up now. Now that Jeff said that he threw Elaine into the canal, makes me think she is still alive, especially as well with a taxi receipt red herring. Loved Christine saying, who are you to Alia? And also like seeing Jeff's magic room as well, probably the first and only time. No. Also, good to see Tim standing up to the plate and agreeing to be a witness. Ray and Jeff's scene was brilliant and now Ray has most of the pieces he needs for... Michael just moved the thing and I was really couldn't cope. For what? his hotel. Right. Ray and Jesse was brilliant and now Ray has most of the pieces he needs for his hotel. I still think they should just bulldoze the factory and leave the rest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, what I'm kind of saying. Summer is still being written too differently to old Summer. Like Michael said, she would never have said lol and know who Sam Fenton is. Unlike Todd, who I could get on board with him. I'm not quite on board with the new Summer, but there's still time. And as for Todd, what is his plan? I've read theories that he could be involved with Ray, but I like Michael's idea. Michael's one of staging a mugging and then Todd saves the day. Either way, that sneaky Todd is up to something. <laughs> Definitely. We can all agree on that. Character of the week is the Anne, but could easily have been Toya, Nick, Steve, Imran. Some great performances there and I give it four and a half Mancunian showdowns out of five. <laughs> That's great. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, everybody. Also, don't forget, if you want a bit of, to get involved in some curry discussions, go to our Facebook group. It seems like every week it gets more and more. There's more and more activity. If you don't know, if you're confused about something and you want to ask people, you know, oh, did anyone see what happened in that scene? I'm confused about what's going on there. It's a really good place to go and ask. Everybody's um, nice. Everyone's really nice. Like I said before, disagreements happen. And, you know, the the good thing about our group is that it seems as though people don't generally tend to get mad at each other or attack no. each other. So that's really nice. Um, so if you want a nice place to chat, I know that some some, like, groups are a bit toxic online and we try and trying to preserve our group as much as we can um to, to be a bit of a, a nice place to go and everyone's really chill and fun yeah. and um 
all all across the world and lots of different people with different opinions about stuff so that's quite fun you can find that on uh, if you just search for conversation street you need to join the group rather than the facebook page and if don't forget if you're interested in seeing what that new cory game is like we do have some videos of it exclusive they're totally exclusive videos i hope somebody's interested in it to be honest when i first heard about it i thought that sounds a bit naff (laughs) because you know it's a you know mobile games but well, the, the more I thought reputation. about it, the more I thought, oh, it could just be a bit of mindless fun, which is all it's supposed to be anyway. So. Um, we've also, you can email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. You can find our website, conversationstreet.podbean.com. We're uploading stuff to um, YouTube all the time. You can find us on Spotify and Instagram and Twitter. And you can leave us a review on iTunes. And I think that is it that is apart it. from to note that we're number one in q8 for tv reviews oh yeah you've been doing a bit of investigating on our so this week i don't we? know if we can really um make this free anymore <laughs> and we're number um, two in egypt so next week 60th anniversary exciting stuff we're still hopefully hopefully got an, an interview a lot of lines up on the cards yeah. and a, a member of the cast has promised that they will yes. be interviewed by me at some point next week but we haven't got a date sorted yet I haven't You're heard from very them for a while getting a little bit nervous but you know it's edge, of, edge of the seat um, it's part of the fun isn't it, it? Oh, yes definitely um, so, so hopefully that's all going to go We're ahead and it'll be lovely all ramping up to the big week I hope everyone's really excited and once we've seen everything I hope you guys will write in and let us know what you yes, think yes please do so make sure you do it quickly because don't forget emails. we'll all be recording but uh, we'll have so much to talk about might, that oh. you can probably get emails into us at like 11 or 12 o'clock at night next UK Friday time, and we'll yeah. still be able to get them don't forget as well Monday night we've got the 60 years of what Coronation Street documentary I can't remember what it's called Wednesday night we've got the Queens of the Street documentary there was an awful lot of Corrie Telly stuff to enjoy over the next seven days really excited about it we got the race of the rovers on sunday afternoon as well there's loads a lot. to talk about it's, it's a very good busy week time. to be a cory fan definitely and we can't wait to share oh, it all with you and next don't week. forget to listen out for me on the distinct nostalgia podcast on sunday and you get to Doing see a quiz. find out how well i did thank it. you everyone for listening have a lovely weekend and we'll see you next week bye the music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com